This is the MLW Radio Network. Welcome to the program. This is Front Row Material Live. It's Tuesday night. I am Mike Freeland. I am happy to be coming into your living room, your phone, wherever you may be streaming our show. We got a big program for you tonight, uh, starting off at the 8 o'clock hour, shortly after 8 o'clock. We're doing a brand new show, a brand new segment called Future Stars Now which is something that the RIT and myself have been working on. And then at 9 o'clock, we're going to be going live once again with uh, our regular show, Front Row Material Live. But before we go any further, let me go ahead and let me bring the RIT in. What's going on, buddy? How you doing? Not much, Freeland. How's it going with you? No complaints. It's been a busy day. It's been a really busy day, actually. But uh, it's been a good day. It's been a good day. It's good to see your face. Hey, you want to talk busy? This is a busy week for... Uh... The front row material brand, you know, you have FSN debuting tonight in just a you know short few minutes. We got FRM Pod, a great guest we have tonight. Yes. Then, then we got uh, the panel. You never know what's going to happen there, and that's just tonight. Tomorrow, we have a little interview, uh, Freeland, you and I. With uh, Mr. Canadian Destroyer himself, Petey Williams. Petey Williams will be joining us here tomorrow night. But not here. Because we will not be doing that live. If you want to check out that interview, you're going to have to go over to a YouTube exclusive. Mm -hmm. Go over, hit the follow button, and check out that interview. Uh, It should be uploaded within 24 hours after we're done. It's going to be good. Going to be talking about a lot of things, a lot of things. So make sure you check out our YouTube page. Make sure you hit that like and subscribe button because it will be available to you. And then Thursday at 8 p.m. primetime, the Cult of Beardo. Myself, Renegade, and your friendly Canadian, the Butt. So, man, big week for us. That, that What happens Friday, Freeland? Friday, we have something really big. We uh, have a big pay-per-view that's being put on by AAW, a great, great friend of the show. United, we stand. We're going to be going over all of the details of that pay-per-view. And uh, we'll be a part of the pre- and post-pay-per-view show uh, with yours truly. So we'll be going over all the details leading up to the big event and where you can get the pay-per-view as well. And then we'll be having the instant reaction Shortly after the pay-per-view goes off the air, we'll be talking to all the listeners and everybody who went ahead and caught that pay-per-view. We'll be answering all of your questions. Were things were your questions answered? Were there things that were still lingering after the pay-per-view went off the air? But it's a stacked card brought to you by AEW Wrestling. So this week, we have so many things going on, but that's just the tip of the iceberg, Rit. 
we have a lot of other things that are happening, don't we? The rest of July, all of August, it's going to get really, really good. Oh, man. The, the names that we have lined up and then the names that we have still emailing us, yes, still calling us, still DMing us, how do we get on FRM pod? How do we do it? What do and, we got to do? Who do we got to talk to? And Freeland and I are talking. Some of these names are too big, too big to push to September, to October, to November. We might have to bring some special Thursday night editions for an hour of FRM pod. What do you say, Freeland? You know what? I mean, that's just the way it's going to have to work. When you have a busy schedule like we do, when we have so many different stars that we're looking to talk to, finding out what's going on in their careers, we're just going to go ahead and have to get them in as soon as we possibly can because we want the audience to get to know them and so you can be able to follow them. Yes. So are you ready, Freeland? Yes, I am. I'm ready. I'm very ready. Are you pumped? I'm always pumped. I'm always pumped. I'm ready to go. Are you ready for FSN, Future Stars Now? Future Stars Now, let's make it happen. And so many things are going to be happening with Future Stars Now. And the big thing that we really want to push right now is going to be the big pay-per-view event that's going to be happening this upcoming Friday. It's called United We Stand. It is brought to you once again by AAW. Uh, We've been going over this card for a while now. It is going to be really, really good. Um, Let's go ahead and let's just, before we start to do some breakdowns here, let's kind of talk about who is going to be on this card. Man, we have the who's who in professional wrestling going to be on this card. It is action-packed from top to bottom. Man, you got Josh Alexander. You know, you've got Jake something. You've got Chris Statlander. you got... Oh, man, you got Ace Austin and Madman Fulton. Man, you got Allison K. AK-47, can't forget about her. She is ready to go. Man, you know my man, Hakeem Zane. Hakeem Zane. Man, Myron Reed, uh, Sky Blue, Robin Steele, Manders, Jake something. And then you got the main event. In a steel cage match. In a steel cage match, you got the champion, Mance Warner, in action against Fred Yehi. I am so excited for that one. So many different storylines that are going to be coming together at this big event here. Once again, this is United We Stand. You're going to be able to get your tickets. We're going to throw that up on the screen as well, where you can go ahead and purchase your tickets. Also, it's going to be on Fight TV um, we're going to also put the link up there. If you are in the Chicago area, you can go to aawpro.ticketleap.com. Once again, it's going to be scrolling right down below here. You can go ahead and get your tickets there. They are going fast. I do not know how many are still available. So if I were you, I would definitely uh, find out and pick up the phone call and get a hold of them or go on over to aawpro.ticketleap.com and find out what availability is still there, but I think it's going to be very, very interesting. Man, I can't, I can't wait. This is going to be an amazing show. Kind of wish I would, I'd go to there and watch it live. But if you can't, head on over to Fight.TV. Get it. Just get the show. Get the show. Watch it, and then head back over here afterwards 
and check in. And we, we're going to talk. We're going to interview wrestlers. We're going we're gonna to talk the show. We're, we're going to talk about, you know, the outcomes of the matches. And we're even going to bring up their next show. And if you, by any chance, were at the show itself, you're going to be able to join our chat as well. Tell us what the environment was like. Tell us all the things that you experienced while you were at United We Stand. Once again, that is going to be happening on July the 9th. Um, I'm going to actually put a link up here as well to where you can order the event itself, the pay-per-view, because I don't want you to miss out. they got a countdown clock right here that is on the page. So all you got to do is click on that, and if you don't have Fight.TV, you can go ahead and order it. I believe it is only $12.99. It is not bad whatsoever. I mean, to get something like this, to order it, to get a front row seat inside your living room, you can have your drinks, your snacks, whatever you want, and you are right there front and center for over two hours of some of the greatest professional wrestling that's being brought to you by AAW Pro. So let me ask you this question before we get started. I know that you obviously were a promoter and you ran different shows coming up to a big show like this. um, What was the buzz like as far as the talent was concerned? Were they definitely really as excited about the event just as much as the fans were? Uh, Usually the, the, the locker room is, is buzzed because if you get a packed crowd, man, the locker rooms just, they're itching to get out there. You know, to perform for them, to put on a show, to give them their money's worth. So if you have a great locker room, and I know AAW does, and you have that great crowd, which, you know, you watch their their shows, you can hear it. You can feel it coming through the TV, coming through the screen. Man, that is just electricity personified. Yeah, this is going to be something that... um... I think a lot of wrestling fans who may not be introduced to the AAW um, brand yet, I think you're going to have a great introduction to them. And for all of you who are already big fans of AAW wrestling, I think this is just going to be the solidifying factor that tells people, you know what, I really do know what what one of the best professional wrestling companies in the Midwest is, and, and obviously in the country as well. Rick, when you talk about all the people who have come through AAW, I mean, obviously we are talking about Chris Statlander, but the Young Bucks have made appearances there. Um, Pentagon and Ray Phoenix have made their appearances there. Santana and Ortiz, MJF. I mean, there's so many people that you're seeing now all over TV, all over Impact Wrestling as well, all over AEW that have made stops. Sammy Callahan has made a stop there as well. Jerry he- Lynn. Yeah, yeah, even even old man Jerry Lynn has been there. But then again, Jerry Lynn was there, um, yeah, when they still had covered wagons. But you know what? I'll leave it at that. But uh, it is very, very exciting. The show starts at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. There is a link I'm going to go ahead and post right here for Fight 1299. Super, super simple. Venue is going to be in Marionette Park uh, in Cook County, Illinois. If you do not have a chance to go ahead and buy the pay-per-view because you're already there, go ahead and get your tickets. they got great restaurants and great bars that are going to be outside as well. After the big event, I know that it's going to be a fun evening. Fans are going to want to gather together, talk about what happened on the show. But make sure, even if you went to the show, you have your phone on and you join us because we want to hear about what your experiences were as well. Yeah. You know, if if you sit there and had a particular match that – you were just, oh my God, I can't believe this happened. Tell us about it. 
You know, that everybody everybody always has that one match, that one moment at a show. And they're like, damn. I can't believe that happened. You got to let us know, you know. You got to let AAW know because they want to hear from you just as much as we want to hear from you. And you can once again get your tickets at aawpro.ticketleap.com. It is going to be very, very exciting. If you are in the area, please, by all means, before the show goes off tonight, make sure you get try to get a hold of them right now and find out, are there any tickets that are still available? Because I know Danny Daniels. I know Trent Saberi. I know how quickly these tickets go. I even told him, I said, can I snag a few? And they said, I, I wish I could give you some to snag. But they're selling so quickly, there's nothing to snag. It's just one of these deals where you got to hop on your phone. You got to go to the site. You got to click those buttons. You got to get those tickets. So you are locked in for one of the best wrestling promotions in the country. It's going to be a hot summer night, but it's going to be even hotter um, here with AAW. Uh, We got so many video packages that we are going to show you guys to build up to the big pay-per-view that is going to be happening on Friday night, but you know what? With that being said, you know what, Rit? You know what we need to do? You tell me, Freeland. You're the boss. We need to step out just for a short break. Make sure you guys get yourself something to drink, get yourself something to eat, maybe a little bit of snacks. When we come back, we're going to be doing a rundown of everything that's going to be on the card. We're going to be showing you some video packages of the big matches that are going to be happening this Friday night at United We Stand. We're going to dissect it all, but don't go anywhere. More of FSN when we return. I'm too sexy for my love. Too sexy for my love. Love's going to leave me. Oh, yes. Yeah. 
Welcome back to the program. This is FSN. My name is Mike Freel, and I'm joined by the Rid himself from Front Row Material. Once again, uh, we are joining you to talk about the rundown of the big event that's going to be happening this upcoming Friday night. This is United We Stand, AAW's big event of the summer. We've gone over where you can get tickets. That is going to be scrolling at the bottom of our screen here. Once again, that's going to be AAW pro.ticketleap.com is where you can get tickets or if you can't go ahead and make it to the event you can always go ahead and get it on fight.tv and i've gone ahead and i tweeted out the link to where you can get that it's only 12.99 that is not a lot of money for a great night of wrestling um rit let me ask you this so we got a big match with um ak-47 and chris statlander which i think is going to be a lot of fun um, what's your take right now on the women's division that we have in AAW? It's it's superb. You know, you've got Chris Statlander, who is reigning at her title reign 565 days consecutive. That's an amazing title run. And, and she is spearheading and leading the division. All behind. Oh man, just think, Allison K. Uh, you know you got Sky Blue who's on the card in an I Quit match. Uh, it's just it's packed, and how many pay per views? How many indie shows do you see that have not only one, but two great women's match? You can't even find that sometimes on Monday Night Raw. Yeah, I'd agree with you on that one. Yeah, Allison Kay has been in several different promotions here. I mean, obviously, we're going to get to the resume of Chris Statlander as well. But Allison Kay um, has been all over wrestling. She's been in the uh, National Wrestling Alliance. Obviously, she's been uh, on Impact as well, Global Force Wrestling Women's Champion. She's one of those individuals who has been there, has done that. She's been around for for quite a while, and she's still super, super young with this. When it comes to women professional wrestlers, there's a couple things that you look for. You look for the ability, you look for the agility, and you look for the charisma as well. And Allison Kay seems to check every single one of those boxes. Um, In every promotion that she's been in so far, she has been a champion. And in a recent interview, she said that the AAW championship is the only one currently that's left that she has not put on her resume. I mean, if you go to YouTube and you check out what she's done in Shine Wrestling, um, what she's done over in Europe, what she's done over in Japan as well, obviously being in TNA slash Impact Wrestling, um, part of the Lady Squad, she did a great job there uh, as Sienna. So I'm so excited to what is next in the chapter of her career. She did obviously a brief stint over in uh, WWE as well, Um, but she's moved on. And I think the big thing that I've learned from 
from her is that no one stop has, has officially defined her. She's taken each one of these opportunities and she's ran with it. She's done very, very well with it. Um, I believe she was also in the buy-in for Full Gear, which was really exciting as well. It's neat to see her on um, AEW programming as well. So let's look at some of her championships right here. As I had mentioned earlier, the Absolute Intense Wrestling, she was the women's champion. She's the NWA World Heavyweight Champion. She was ranked number eight out of the top 50 wrestlers in PWI. Obviously, she's a two-time Shine Wrestling's champion. Uh, Global Force Knockouts Champion, TNA Knockout Champion twice as well. So, so many things that she has done. Chris Statlander, love her to death as well. She has uh, risen to fame pretty pretty quickly in her career. She also has been here, there, and everywhere. But when you look at the resume of somebody like Allison Kay, you almost think, like, you know what? The time is right. It's the perfect temperature for her to capture that championship. Rit, what's your take on this? You have the dominant young lion that is Chris Statlander, but then you have a veteran who doesn't get the jitters, who's been there, who's been multiple-time world champion. Do you think right now the temperature's right for AK-47 Allison K to take the title? Well, last month at the show, Allison K took on Allie Catch to get this opportunity against Statlander. And it was a little a little cheapy, a little cheapy, you know. But a win's a win in the record book, you know. So is she hungry? Yes. But you got to think, Statlander just can't. She's got that long reign, you know. Did she get comfortable? Yeah, we're going to have to see. But coming back from this injury, you have seen her on AEW and she's got quicker she's got stronger she's got more hunger in those eyes I don't know if Allison K is going to be able to go up with this against this Statlander because she she might be thinking ah, I got that old I got the old Chris Statlander but the, the new one with that fire you know the resurgence is Chris Statlander is like a phoenix rising coming back from this injury. And I do not think, in my opinion, Allison's got it. Well, I mean, we're going to have to find out. We got a, a video for you we're going we're gonna to show uh, momentarily about the women of AAW. And that is going to take us all the way through to what the big match is going to be this Friday. But... You know, it's interesting. Whenever you come off of an injury like Chris Atlander's was when she um, blew out her knee, a lot of wrestling careers have unfortunately ended because of big injuries like this. I mean, we've seen this in, in all types of sports. However, with that being said, we did see the fact that she has come back. It doesn't seem like she has very much of any ring rust. She says she's come back a, a little bit more determined than she was beforehand. And would you agree, Rit, sometimes – it takes a setback to realize what you have, or it takes a setback to make you truly appreciate and, and really want it. Cause sometimes I feel like not that she's done this, but in, in a lot of cases you almost take things for granted. Sometimes, you know what I mean? That you're on top of the mountain, but then when you step back for a while and you see more people coming up the ranks and all of a sudden you got that big bullseye on your back, you cannot be as complacent as you were once before. 
Do you think that in some ways Chris Statlander may be overlooking Allison Kay? Uh, she might be. You know, with Allison Kay, I don't think she, she's ever faced somebody like her, though. You know, she, the, with with that long title run that she's currently on, it's, you know, she, she might be just thinking, ask just another person, you know, oh, another title defense. Oh, let's go to the next title defense. But how many times have we seen in the wrestling business people look past that that count, current challenger looking ahead, and then that current challenger snap one two three it's over you know new champion. Well, AAW has done an incredible job. They put together some of these great mini films in these packages of not only their current stars, um, but even past stars. And they talk about all the things that have gotten them to where they are today. And just recently this week, they dropped their very first episode um, showing the women of AAW wrestling specifically about this match and what it takes to get to this point to be uh, a champion, and we're going to take you through not only uh, a current feud that Statlander recently just ended, but obviously Allison Kane. We're going to actually get to hear words from Allison Kay as well and find out how she feels about going into Friday. Okay, let's uh, sit back and let's enjoy this video. This is my first challenge for the title. The homegirl was you know, out because of COVID and then out on injury. So I've been waiting, like, come on, girl, I need this. The following contest scheduled for one fall, 30 minute time limit for the AAW Women's Championship. This place is gonna come unglued. I'm not patient. That's why I'm, I'm ready for this. This is a high pressure situation. The Renaissance woman, the number one contender, rightfully the number one contender. Eyes are on Statlander, but when they see me in the ring with her, they'll be like, Okay, but this Ion girl, she's legit. If anybody gets the first shot, it's the Renaissance woman who's conquered Texas and looking to do the same tonight here in Chicago. I know where she comes from and the stage that she has, so this is my chance to show everyone what I have. And this is no disrespect to the likes of Sky Blue. This is no disrespect to the likes of Allison K, but Hyam has been the most consistent female athlete in AAW since Chris Statlander's injury. It was one of the most miserable times of my life. Not just because I wasn't able to defend my title, but because I felt like I had let the whole world down. I felt worthless and I felt like I didn't deserve to come back because I had let everybody down. It was rough. Statlander's got that second, third, fourth, fifth wind. If she's the same champion that we remember, and it looks like she is. Um, it took about 10 months to fully recover from the injury date. Round kick catches her in the back of the head. Has her hoisted. Thinking Big Bang Theory. Big Bang Theory center of the ring. Hyens down. Statlander with the cover. Gets the two. Right back where you belong. Still, AAW Women's Champ. Statlander back on top of the AAW Women's Division. And you know that journey to prove herself with all the competition, it's just getting started. This summer, I'm going to the UK and I'm going to be there for two months. And I think 
that's just going to elevate my profile up on the independent scene. And I really see some big things coming after that when I return in October. Let's shift the focus to Allison K. Okay. Introduce yourself to us. I am known as the AK-47, Allison K. From Detroit, Michigan, AK-47, Allison K. One of the absolute best women's wrestlers in the world today, Joda Morosky, Allison K is here. You, you can run through the history of women that have helped build the women's division of AAW, Kimberly and Jessica Havoc, Candice LeRae, and Athena, and Heidi Lovelace, and, and Mia Yim. And... It's been years. I have fought damn near everyone that has come through these doors. Allison Kay was one of those women that was the pillars that built AAW's women's division before there was a championship. Allison Kay was part of the tournament that uh, crowned the very first women's champion. I have held championships all over the world. I'm a two-time knockout champion. I'm a former NWA women's world champion. I really hold this AAW Women's Championship very near and dear to my heart because I feel like I helped set the foundation for the women's division here and never got a chance to fight for it. It means the world to me. Uh, I think it's kind of unfair that I haven't gotten a chance to give it the reign that it deserves. There's been a lot of prestigious champions ahead of me and due to many factors of the world, Life's been unfair to my reign. It is absolutely a championship that is missing from my resume. And I mean, I'm not gonna lie, I was a little salty about it, definitely when I made my return to AAW. Um, not gonna front there, but it is something that I feel like I deserve. It's something I feel that I have worked hard for. I helped set the foundation for in this company. And I think it's about time that I add it to my resume. Allie Catch and Allison Kate both have to have their sights set on the goal. Without question, that is uh, a goal that has been just out of reach of the entire women's division for the past 16 odd months as we waited for the country to open up and for Chris Chetland to back from injury. There should be a reason why people are champions, and I haven't really gotten a chance to prove why I am the champion. Does that bother you that you can get a chance to really prove and show the kind of champion you could be? It does, because. Part of the reason that I didn't get a chance to show the world uh, wasn't anywhere near my fault. Actually, neither of it was really my fault because one was due to the worldwide pandemic, uh, not brought about by aliens, but, uh, and then the other reason was my knee exploded. Not my fault. Don't know what happened there. It just went. And now they can feel in their grasp. The titles in this building tonight, they're closer to it physically and spiritually and mentally than they've ever been, at least in the past year plus. They can sense it. They need to show out tonight above any other time. I've worked so hard, and the world needs to know who they're dealing with when they look at me. Do you think Allison Kaye is a viable contender to take the championship? I think anybody, really, if they really have the desire and the passion to step up and take on someone like me, Anyone can be a viable contender. Uh, is she going to beat me? I don't know. I have wrestled Chris Statlander before. I wrestled her the very first time was, I want to say it was one of her first matches. It was in Jersey. And I was very impressed right off the bat. I knew she was going to be a star. She was so athletic. 
she had just a natural charisma to her and she barely had any experience. So I knew that with that experience added that she was going to go very far. I won. Uh, she is a very well-known, tough, strong competitor. Uh, it's not an easy match, that's for sure. It's not an easy competition, but that's what I wanted out of being a champ. I didn't want to just breeze by winning. I know that facing her again for the first time in years is going to be a new challenge in itself. I know that she adapts very well. I mean, she's a she's an extraterrestrial, right? So I don't even know. I don't understand the capacity of which she can um, absorb knowledge and and her skill set. But I know it's going to be a new Chris that letter, and I am so up for the challenge. Let's say I I win against Allison. Let's say I don't. I'll never be satisfied because I haven't been able to be here and give the title the reign that it deserves. It's not my fault. It's not like I haven't been doing anything. It's not like I've been sitting on my butt being lazy, doing nothing. I'm different. I feel like there's no one out there like me. I feel like there's no one out there that encompasses women's wrestling as a whole. I feel like there's no one out there that hits every single aspect there is in their look, in their athleticism, in their skill, in their ability to speak. I feel like there's no one individual that can do that like I do. July 9th, AAW, United We Stand. I know that I'm walking out women's champion. I'm gonna go out there and be the best that I am. New women's champion. I can't wait to hear that. And new. I cannot wait. I know that Chris is going to be a different performer than I've seen her in the past. However, so am I. One thing that you can expect from me is the absolute galaxy's greatest talent you've ever seen. I know she's had a handful of matches since coming back, since rehabbing. I'm sure she's going to be great, but she's not gonna be better than me. She can't keep it real like me. She doesn't have the experience. She's gonna learn what everyone learns, that AK don't play. Wow. Unbelievable. I don't know how you feel about that, Rit, but when I look at that um, and I look at, you know, the words that Chris Atlander shared about, you know, taking 10 months to come back from an injury like this and then obviously to come back, successfully defend her title in her first title defense. But now the road just gets even harder with Allison Kay. Have you changed your mind a little bit about Allison Kay and her chances against Chris Atlander after hearing the words from her? No, I've, I've got I've got to stick with my decision. Uh, last show, Statlander said to the crowd in a promo that AAW isn't her first home, but it's the place that made her who she was today. And she believes that. And I'm thinking after this Friday, her hand will be raised and she will still be the AAW Women's Champion. I think it's interesting when you when you look at it, when you think about you know all the different variables that go into a championship match, and obviously this is something that has been building for quite a while. Um, AK forty seven, which I think is one of the coolest nicknames there are out there. You see the calmness in her. She seems to be one of those types of people who seems to feel very comfortable in her skin, and she's not new and she's been to the big dance before 
I have nothing against Chris Statlander. I love what she's doing, obviously what she's doing on Wednesday nights as well. But I feel like in some ways it's time for a changing of the guard. I feel like sometimes just when you think things aren't going to change, um, the rug gets pulled out from underneath you. This very well could be the match that steals the show, not to take anything away from the rest of the card. However, I do think the match between Allison K, AK-47, and Chris Statlander is going to be something that we are not going to want to miss. Um, in addition to that, that's not the only women's match we have. Um, we have an I Quit match. Uh, Rit, let me ask you a question about this. Are there many women's I Quit matches that you've seen before? Man, I haven't seen too many. You know, uh, has there been one? Like, okay, with the Lufisto interview we did, she said that there's, you know, when you think there's a first, that there possibly could be, you know, sure. one be prior. You just got to, you know, dig a little deeper. Right. Top Off the top of my head, I can't picture anything. You know, I can't think of a woman's eye quit match. Well, high end versus sky blue is going to be something that I definitely am looking forward to. I've watched matches from both of them. I know that sky blue is very good at the aerial maneuvers. Um, she's very quick and she's very agile. Um, but then again, you can't, you can't sleep on high end. So when it comes to these two women, what is your take on both of them as far as who do you feel may have the upper hand and what do you think is going to happen? How far are they going to take it in an I quit match? Hey, in an I quit match, uh, you sit there and think it goes off to one of my most famous ones that I remember. Royal Rumble, Mankind, Mick Foley. Did to, to sit there and see the the punishment Mick Foley was willing to sit there and go through with the rock with the rock but the rock kicked it up a couple notches to go through and give him the punishment and keep going that's what you got to go to get to make your opponent say those two words i quit yeah i quit means i can't take any more and that's uh, that's that's waving the white flag. That's throwing in the proverbial towel. I am very excited to see an I quit match with these two ladies. I cannot um, I cannot begin to fathom what they are willing to do to one another for the sake of being victorious on such a big night like this. So once again, that's going to be a great match. Uh, you and I briefly touched about our guy Hakeem Zayn. Uh, he's going to be taking on Myron Reed for the AAW Heritage Championship. What is your take on this? Obviously, we knew Hakeem Zayn. Um, we know now more about uh, Myron Reed. What do you think about this? Do you think it's a matter of the young and hungry lion is going to be able to hold on to this? Or do you think that Hakeem Zayn is going to be that grizzled veteran who says, you know what, not quite yet, I'm getting that title? Man, Hakeem Zayn... That's my man. And it's going to hurt me dearly to say this. But Myron Reed beat him for the title back in April 3rd at AEW's Alive 6. So he knows what it takes to beat Hakeem Zayn. Freeland, I hate to say it. Myron Reed goes over in this and retains the title. 
Yeah, I've got to agree with you on this one. I think it's going to be a really good match. I think it's going to be a... It's going to get dirty at times, but I think at the end of the day, there's going to be a handshake at the end, and I think the torch is going to continuously be passed. I think Myron Reed is the guy who's going to continue to carry that title with the highest of regard when it comes to AAW. Um, we haven't heard the last of Akeem Zane by by any stress of the imagination, but I'm with you on this one. I think Myron Reed is definitely going to take it. And another match I'm looking forward to on the undercard. Doing some research. One of my he might be one of my new favorites in AA dub. The corn belt cowboy Manders takes on Robin Steele. Man, doing a little research, watching a little video for, for uh Manders. Man, he uh, he went to the University of Iowa. He he's been in the big games, he's been in the Rose Bowl. AAW crowd that can get allowed in there just like the Rose Bowl. I don't think Robin Steele is going to be able to, to, to come out on top of this. Corn Belt Cowboy all the way. Well, I think when you look at him, there's a couple of things that come to mind. He's definitely a throwback wrestler. He definitely has um, – he's got a kind of a good mixture between 70s and 80s wrestling with, with the newer age of wrestling. Um, I don't know. I, I like – Manders for the, the the reason why he just has that grit look to him. He looks like he's willing to go that extra mile. He's willing to go to that place, wherever that may be, to go ahead and secure a victory. I think this is going to be a good match. I think this is going to be a brutal match. I think that there is going to be bloodshed in this match. I'm just I'm, I'm just seeing this in my mind right now. I think it's going to be a tough battle, but I, I agree with you. I think it's going to be something that we are not soon to forget. And obviously Manders versus Robin Steele. Um, and we don't, I hate to cut you off Breland, but Manders might be outnumbered in this because at the last show, Robin Steele w- did debut as the third member of infamy. You think there's a chance there might be a little uh, outside interference that may somehow uh, tip the scale in his favor? Hey, I'm just saying, when there's one, there's three. Got to have eyes in the back of your head, I guess, right? Correct. For the AAW Tag Team Champion, you have Infamy versus Ace Austin and Madman Fulton. Um, I'm a big tag team wrestler. I love tag team wrestling. Unfortunately, I've noticed that, um, with some of the companies that it's kind of gone by the wayside, but I will say AAW does an incredible job when it comes to putting together great tag team matches. What do you got for me in this one? Hey, Infamy, they just won the titles last month against the uh, second gear crew. So they just got the taste of the bells. Do you, do you really think that they want to lose them right away? Like, Okay, you got Ace Austin and Madman Fulton. Top talent. Top tag team. But I don't think Infamy is going to, you know, go ahead and lose uh, lose those belts so quick. Well, we are going to have to find out. It's going to be at United We Stand July the 9th, 2021. It's going to be emanating from Chicago, Illinois. You can get your tickets if you are in the Chicago area right down at the bottom of the ticker. And if you are unable to go ahead and make it to the big event itself, you can go ahead and you can purchase the pay-per-view for $12.99 at fight.tv. Once again, the ticker 
on the bottom of the screen. You can go ahead and do that as well. But if you are in the area and you're able to secure some tickets, where can they go to get tickets if they are going to be in the Chicago area and they're happen to snag a few? Where do you go? You head on over to aawpro.ticketleap.com. Once again, that's aawpro.ticketleap.com. Go there, snag them up, see you at the show. Head on over to us afterwards. Sit down, talk, you know, have a little beverage of your choice. And uh, this is Talk AAW. Well, I'm telling you, it's going to be a big event. It's the biggest night of the summer right now. It is AAW Pro. You're not going to want to miss it. Once again, we've just ran down some of the card, but you know what? There's another match. And that's There's going to one be... more match before we get to the main event. And what would that match be? Josh Alexander. Oh, I knew we were going to talk about that. Taking on Jake something. How about that? That... That myself right there is the worth is the price of admission and the price of the pay-per-view itself. Josh Alexander, incredible. Jake something incredible as well. Um, when you talk about Josh Alexander, there's certain words that come to mind when you speak of him. And he's got this phonetic energy. He's a freak. And 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 I mean that in the, in the sincerest way possible. He is a freak. If you look at the body transformation that he has gone through just in the last couple of years, the man is shredded, and his his work in the ring is second to none. There are very few people that probably have the cardio to be able to keep up with him right now. But then again, Jake something is no slouch either, is he, Rit? No, Jake something is a man beast that he doesn't want to you know, take his opponents out. He wants to run through them. Quickest point from A to B is right down the middle, straight line. But Josh Alexander, when you look at him, he's ha- he's taken on uh, Jake something one night before, or one week before he defends the X Division title. And when you think X Division champions, you think name drop Petey Williams, Jerry Lynn. AJ Styles, AJ Styles, Samoa Joe, Samoa Joe, low key. You think high flyers, but then you got Josh Alexander. 180. You want to fly? No, I'm going to grab you, take you to the ground, wrestle you, not entertain you. We're going to wrestle and we're going to sit there and see how long you can go. He can go 60 minutes. No problem. The cardio is on point. So he's going to wear you down. Right when you can't sit there and breathe, you make a mistake. Boom. One, two, three. It's over. And I'm thinking that's what it's going to be. He's going to wear Jake something down. It's going to be the, the probably one of the toughest, hardest matches he's ever had. But he's going to wear him down. Jake something's going to make that one mistake. One, two, three. Josh Alexander wins. I think it's interesting when we talk about, you know, different types of styles and different types of um, 
repertoires that wrestlers have. I think when you look at someone like a Josh Alexander, I mean, there's there's names that come to mind like Dean Malenko. Um, obviously, a Kurt Angle definitely comes to mind as well. Very technically savvy. Uh, very has a lot of precision with all of the moves. There is no wasted moves. Everything has a purpose. And then you look at somebody like Jake Something, who it's very hard to plan for because he is such a beast. Um, it, you know, it's it's one thing to say this person is going to be able to technically uh, dismantle this individual. Well, that may happen, but what may also happen is Jake Something may just get him like an F5 tornado, and it could be over just as quickly as it began. But we're not going to know. Well, you're not going to know unless you get the pay-per-view once again. Get the pay-per-view on Fight.TV. It's only $12.99. Make sure you get it if you can't. But if you are in the Chicago area and you are able to get there and some secure some tickets, you go on over to aawpro.ticketleap.com. Grab those final remaining tickets. They are going fast. Heck, they may be gone by the time I'm talking to you right now. But you know what? You're not going to know unless you go on over there. And what's going to happen after this big, huge undercard happens? What is the final match of the night? The match that's going to send everybody home? What do we got? Picture this. You're sitting ringside. Chicago. United we stand. The bright lights. The cage is being put up. 16-foot high cage. Two men are going to be entering. One, the challenger, Fred Yehi. Yes. One, the champion, Mance Warner. Man, if you guys don't know who Mance Warner is, you're going to after this match. Yeah. No, I, I Fred Yehi and, and Mance Warner, I feel like it's one of these things where you got a guy in Fred who – is every man's man in a way it, people who might not be familiar with Fred. He works his butt off. Um, he does everything that is expected of him. Doesn't take any shortcuts, works incredibly hard, 10, 12 hour days. And then he goes and trains in the gym and then he goes ahead and wrestles. And then you got Mance Warner who Mance Warner himself is, is kind of a phenom when it comes to wrestling, because if you love Mance for his personality and his catchphrases and the way he dresses and the way he walks and talks, that's one thing. But then when you see Mance Warner compete against some of the most violent people there are in wrestling and you see how he comes out on top and you see the way he defends the AAW Heavyweight Championship, it's it's something that just takes me back to the 80s and is so pure and is so raw I can't help but think that this match is going to send everybody home incredibly happy. Once again, we have said this numerous times throughout this rundown of the pay-per-view, but I'm telling you, go ahead. Go to aawpro.ticketleaf.com. Find out if there are any tickets still available. Please, I urge you, if not, go ahead. There's a link I went ahead and posted up on Twitter. We're going to go ahead and scroll it on our screen as well, where you can buy the pay-per-view on fight.tv. It's only $12.99. And what better place if you can't be there than to be in your living room with your beverage, as uh, as the Rich just said, and some snacks to watch the hottest card of the summer emanating from one of the greatest cities when it comes to professional wrestling, 
Chicago, Illinois. My second home. My wife's family's from Chicago, so I've been there numerous times. The people are amazing. The sports are amazing. The food is amazing. And the wrestling is even more amazing. So with that being said, let's go ahead and let's take a look at this package. Fred Ye, hi, and Mance Warner. First up, we're going to show you the Challenger. Just two seconds. Why wouldn't I be a better champion than Mance Warner? Why wouldn't I be? Mance Warner weaves. He shows a lot of vulnerability. Um, I'm not that vulnerable. That's why I'd be a better champion than Mance Warner. Any final words as we look ahead? your big match for the AAW Heavyweight Championship. That's Warner. This is Will. Will. That spills here. Fred AI, Savage Woods. I've been in this business for 10 years, hungry, and I'm a savage. Who is Fred AI? Fred AI. Fred AI, the man, is actually a hard working individual, very hard working individual. Most are in their beds, comfortable, three, four in the morning. I'm constantly. Believe in putting in work. I'm out on the field. I'm running sprints. I'm flipping tires. I'm in the gym. I labor to put in work. I work a regular job. Can you believe that the Savage Weight Frigate I still works a regular job? Eight, 10, 12 hour shifts. So I have to get it in before I go in to, to work. I have to labor to work. Isn't that amazing? Don't cheer me! Cheer this man! Ladies and gentlemen, what you just saw tonight is a style that I love called King's Road Style. Everybody has their strong style, but nothing is better than old Japan in the 1990s. Kingston and puts up a very good fight. I mean, win, lose, or draw, you make that kind of impression, 
I mean, that speaks volumes. Being a savage weight is about grind. It's about a grind, everyday grind. You put in work, you, you persevere. Uh, life doesn't break you. Life gets very, very challenging. At times you feel like you want to quit, but you persevere on through a grind. Know, being a former collegiate wrestler and having a winner's mentality, having that mentality as I previously mentioned, just my grind. There is a satisfaction when I dominate. When I step in the ring and I dominate, when I'm breaking an opponent's will, it's very satisfying. It's very satisfying. Forget fighting for Forget fighting for if Mike Tyson were a pro wrestler, well, I think AI is taking that uh, comparison a bit too far. Coaching clutch, oh, seamless motion. Actually, a, he's actually a pretty good guy. Uh, I worked with youth for for six years. I've mentored countless youth. Uh, I even worked with the elderly. Uh, I'm a pretty good, hardworking guy. In all truth and honesty. What about in the ring? In the ring is where it changes. Where it's, it's where it's different. You know, in the ring. Outside the ring, you know, I, I, I care and, and, I, and I mentor and I, and I invest. In the ring, it's not. It's, it's, it's about me. It's about it's about me, the competitor. It's about dominating. It's about it's, 
It's about war. It's about war. It means this is the end for you. I mean, first of all, I don't have to say anything. I don't have to speak. You know, I, I believe in letting my actions speak louder than words. Uh, when I'm stepping out that curtain and that Biggie Smalls is blurring through the arena, I honestly don't have a hundred things racing through my mind. I just have one singular focus. And that is what I'm going to do in the ring. And I can guarantee you, I'm not thinking of how I'm going to react. My mindset is pushing the pace, constantly pushing the pace. I believe that I don't have to punch a guy in the face to hurt him. Uh, I can do a lot of things to, to hurt my opponents. Now, as far as how I feel, Again, there is that satisfaction in dominating and breaking an opponent's will. Karam obviously butthurt. Wait a minute, Lucas in the ring! No, 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 no! The Heritage Champ with a knee strike oh. rattles, rattles, shakes something. The hell's it keep Zane doing? A, Pull a hammer to the face! Keeps manipulating the, the system! Getting high gets the job! The hustle and the muscle playing dividends here. Well, the way I look at that, Tyler, is Hakeem Zane obviously predicts victory for himself in the main event of the AEW Championship, and he wanted to make sure that Jake something was not. Nance Warner, I haven't forgotten about you, bro. I haven't forgotten about you at all. The AAW title will be mine soon. Soon. Wow. That is going to be the match that uh, closes things out. Fred Ye High versus Mance Warner for the AAW Championship. Guys, we ran down the entire card of United We Stand, brought to you by AAW Wrestling. It's going to be a great night. Once again, if you are in and or around the Chicago area, go to Ticket Leap. Uh, see if you can go ahead and still snag a few tickets. If not, fight.tv for $12.99. You can go ahead and buy the pay-per-view itself. It's going to be a great one. So many matches. We're going to be posting some more information leading up to it. But remember, we are going to be your place for the pregame and the postgame after the pay-per-view goes off the air. Before we go any further, is there anything else that you would like to share with everybody about the big event, Rit? Hey, first off, thank you for they, uh, coming out to listen and watch the debut of FSN, Future Stars Now, where we not only want to introduce you to the stars of the future, but the stars of now and the companies that actually bring those stars to you. Next week, our first guest on FSN, Serious Business, Andy Hedder. Ooh. But before next week, Friday, tune in to right here, pre-game, post-game, all-game, FSN brings you all you need in AAW. 
All right, guys, that's going to do it. Very, very small countdown. When we come back, Front Row Material Live starts, so don't go anywhere. Big guest, Kiefer Bartek, is joining us with New Texas Pro Wrestling. We'll see you in a minute. Yeah, I feel like we just saw everybody, but guess what? We are back, and it is time for Front Row Material Live. My name is Mike Freeland. He is... Wait a minute. That way. Yeah, that way. Introduce yourself. I am the Rit, uh, and we are here with a great guest on Front Row Material. Sit back. Enjoy enjoy the, the introduction, Freeland. Give this man a great introduction. Mr. Kiefer Bartek, new... Texas, new Texas pro wrestling. My gosh, I'm so tongue tied right now. Uh, great promotion that we have. We are excited to talk about all things pro wrestling in Texas, and we're excited to bring him in. Kiefer, thank you so much for for making some time for us, for joining us. How you doing, buddy? Hold on one second. I think we might have a hard time hearing you with your microphone. Still, I'm still unable to hear you. Technical difficulties here might be on our end. Uh, no. So microphone, you might be muted. Can you hear me? Uh, All right. Yeah, can hear, you know, you know what? It wouldn't here. be wouldn't be front row material if there wasn't some technical. At least, issues, I, at least I pointed the right way. Like you guys were right over here. You know, um, I yes. thank you guys for having me, man. I am pumped to talk about Texas wrestling. Anytime I get to do that on any platform with anybody, I'm just pumped, uh, excited to talk about it. Excited to tell you more about it, and um, whatever you guys have for me, let's do this. I guess the first thing I want to go into is, you know, how did you get into into wrestling itself? I mean, you know, whenever somebody is a promoter or runs a, a promotion, um, it's very interesting to hear the story of how the whole genesis of that came about. So kind of introduce us and give us the uh, the Cliff Note story of how this all kind of came about. Um you know, as, as probably most of us uh, did when I was, you know, four or five, I found uh, WWE superstars at my grandma's house on Saturdays or Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. or whatever it was in the mid-90s. And, uh, you know, all these larger-than-life characters and things like that. And when I when I graduated high school, like, it was always something that I wanted to do, but it was not something that I felt like I could do. Uh, you know, I just always looked at these guys like they're superstars or whatever the case may be. Uh, when I was, like, 23 or 24, I got in a really good shape. Um, I figured, like, if this is the time to be a pro wrestler, I guess this is, you know, this is the be- best it gets. I'm going to have to go somewhere uh, legitimate and try to get, you know, good as quick as possible. I moved down to Houston. I trained under WWE Hall of Famer Booker T at Reality Wrestling. And, uh, yeah, man, I've been just uh, entrenched in this world since then. Uh, you know, it- it's funny because I live in Lubbock, Texas, which is West Texas and Houston's Southeast Texas. a nine-hour trip just in Texas itself just to show you how big the state is. Wow. Um, so it was still a big move for me, even though I was in the same state. But uh, yeah, man, it, it, it's uh, it's been a roller coaster ride, but it's been uh, tremendous, uh, tremendous to be a part of this world. It's interesting how you mentioned you you trained under Booker T. So, you know, kind of give us an insight what that was like once you went to the training facility and what was it like getting to know 
him on a personal level and what did he put you through to make sure that you were ready to go? Uh, man, book is larger than life. Like the, the character or the guy that you see on TV is literally legitimately how he is in real life. He's just, he's funny. He's, he's a really great guy. Uh, the first day I showed up, uh, you know, I'm, you know, I'm sitting, I'm sitting across the desk here in Booker T in this office, you know, saying that I want to sign up for your school or whatever. And just in my head, I'm just thinking like, wow, this is Booker T. I can't believe like, you know, I'm sitting across from Booker T or whatever the case. And uh, man, Booker, the thing about book is he gives respect. Uh, if you give him respect and like, um, you know, he was, a, he was a great, great uh, mentor, great uh, trainer. Um, you know, Reality Wrestling has a great camp there. There's a lot of good talent that comes out of there. Uh, he runs a show there as well that they have a, uh, a weekly YouTube show. They were on Fight TV as well, or they might still be on Fight. I'm not 100% sure. Um, you know, he used to be on Houston Television. Uh, and so, you know, it's not like he's going to let anybody on this show. I actually was training for 12 months before I was even able to wrestle my first match, which was which was on that show. But, uh, you know, and so there was like a quality or standard that he expected from his students uh, before he was able to give them, give them the stamp. And, uh, you know, it, it, um, it was kind of like getting sent to, to wrestling college uh, before you even went to like grade school, because, you know, a lot of the guys that go there have already been trained and they just kind of get the, like the spine touches from book. Um, but, you know, I had to learn a lot. I, I learned a lot in a very short amount of time, which was beneficial to me, you know, running a promotion later on. But um, yeah, man, book, uh, he expects a lot from us. Um, we give a lot there and uh, it's a great camp and there's a lot of good talent there for a reason. Um, it's uh, it's run well and uh, they do a good job of making sure everyone's uh, comes up to a certain level. What would you say was the the transformation between going from, hey, I'm going to go ahead and, and be the wrestler mm-hmm. to, you know what, maybe there is a lot, there's a more meat on the bone here and there's a lot of other things that I feel like I could do really well when it came to running a promotion and kind of being the czar of everything because that's a huge undertaking. Um, you know, it's, uh, you're right. It is, it is a lot, of, a lot to undertake. It's a lot to uh, have on your shoulders, but I think um, once, once we started rolling and I started to see that uh, I was able to help people out or help these guys and girls out in a, in a way to help, you know, other promotions, other wrestlers, other fans uh, have, get eyes on them. And, and, you know, these, you know, really, these guys have been grinding for 10, 12, 15 years and they've just never gotten that chance to be seen or anything. Once I, once I was really able to see that and see that it, you know, I was like helping people in the sense of like getting them, moving them along in their dreams or their careers. I think, I think that's when I realized like, all right, well, maybe I can take a step back from wrestling and maybe I can really concentrate and focus on this because, um, you know, if you, if these guys, you know, like a Brian Keith, for example, he just became our champion. He has three kids at home. If he's able to take care of his family, with something that he loves to do as opposed to going and grinding a nine to five every week and then doing this on the weekends, that's a life that changes his life. You know, that could change his life and help his family out. And that's, that's something that, you know, I, I would love just to even be a little part in helping. You see one of my cats in here in the corner that I would, I would just like to uh, help uh, in any sense in the term of that. And like, you know, um, same with anybody, Q, Roxy, Rachel Rose, Max Heights, all of them, you know, just to give them a chance to, uh, a platform, I guess you could say, that would give them a chance to be seen by a bigger audience. Um, it, you know, I said that that was really like an eye-opening thing for me, uh, especially this past year because we've grown so much. And uh, you know, I just stepped I, I stepped away from the in-ring stuff maybe two or three weeks ago, whatever it was, in my hometown. And um, you know, right now I'm just concentrating on promoting and concentrating on booking. And um, you know, we've got some great things coming up. Man, uh, I ran a promotion, you know, several years ago, and I know what it's like to book the, the show and the hard work you got to put into it. Yeah. 
uh, can you tell tell everybody a little bit of you know what you do to to indulge and advertise and get ready for a show? Oh man, I <laughs> I try to do as much as I can. Social media is really a, a big thing that we utilize. It's you know I kind of grew up in the uh, you know MySpace was around when we were and I was in when in high school or whatever middle school, uh, and you you know you just kind of grow up with it. Um, I think a lot of promotions that were around before us didn't really have that uh, knowledge with it, I guess you could say. Um, some have learned and some, you know, haven't. But it really was like, you know, social media, um, you know, we got flyers and posters, the old school way, you know, boots on the ground type of stuff. Uh, you know, it, it's just a lot of uh, and a lot of word of mouth, man. Like uh, we've just grown so much just from people telling other people like, hey, you know, I had a guy in Houston the other day said he hadn't been to an independent wrestling show in 15 years. And his wow. friend told, told told us yeah, and his friend told him told him about it, and he's just been going off on Twitter about how much he loved the show. Uh, this last one in Houston, uh, he can't wait to go. And you know, I just want to tell people like, you know, if you've given up on pro wrestling or indie wrestling at some point in time over the last twenty years because you know whatever it was goofy, it was you were embarrassed for it or whatever the case may be, like, come check out one of our shows, man. I promise you that you won't be embarrassed. I promise you you'll be enjoy it. And um, you know, that's just it's just something that. Uh, I, I don't know about pride myself on, but it's something that I work towards. Um, and yeah, man, um, it's just you got to hit everything with promoting. And uh, I have a good, I have a good team, and we, and we just try to, to hit what we can with with uh, what we got. But I, I'm all over social media all the time. I, I have to do whatever I can to make sure people are in the building. That's my job as the promoter. Yeah, I, I know one thing with me. Uh, I always told people you can go see WWE, you can go see you know all these big promotions pay your big money and sit way, you know, far back, or you can go to an indie show mm-hmm. and you get that close personal, you know, feeling that you're part of the show and that you matter. Yes. You know, I always, always love that, you know, part of the aspect. And the second thing is you always got to have something for everybody, mm-hmm. you know, how, uh, how do you sit there and, and come about that? Okay. When you're booking a card, Okay, I gotta give these people a little something. I gotta give these people. Yeah, how does that mindset come about for you? Um, you're right in uh, both of those sense. I think the interaction thing is just very important to our product. I remember when I first we first ran a show three years ago, and I I did a little radio spot in my hometown, and you know I just almost said, look, you know somebody like a Gino Medina, uh, you know you get to see him in person. You know he was our first, he was our opening match in that in that town. You get to see him in person. This guy potentially could be signed by a major company or whatever now he's with mlw um so you know you get to interact with these guys before they even um before they're able to be seen on that next level too so you, you kind of it's almost like a i won't say like minor league because there's not real like feeder system to anywhere but you get to interact with these people who are putting everything they have into this dream and stuff like that and uh, what, was, what was the second question again uh, uh how do you go and put the, a card together to right. give everybody a little bit of a little bit of something yeah uh as far as variety it's a it's also that's also something that I uh, try to work towards on every show because I love, you know, one on one main event style matches, you know, 20 minute barn burners. I love tag team wrestling. I love women's wrestling. I love deathmatch wrestling. I love it all. You know, there's a little bit of everything that you can put into or hardcore, whatever you want to say, a little bit of everything that you can put into a show. If there's too much of one on a show, sometimes you just get burned out by the end of the by the end of the show. So I try to do my best to put variety, technical wrestling. Uh, high flying, risk taking, multi mans. You know, you, you want a little bit of everything for everybody that that's going to be at the show. But you also want something to be. You know, if they're not very familiar with one particular part of wrestling, you want to put the best on that you can for them uh, in your area as well. So, 
I try to do my best, man. There's a lot of a lot of promotions, you know, they don't even try tag team wrestling. They're like, well, we're not even gonna do it, you know, because why? And you know, there's a lot of good tag teams still on the independents. And um, like I said, it, it's just important to have that variety on your show. I think uh, I think it, it gives the opportunity to bring more people out to the building, which is kind of what you're trying to do as a promoter in general. So, Kiefer, let me ask you this question: um, Before the pandemic. A lot of people believed, and I would I would say that I was a strong believer in that the independent wrestling scene was as hot as it has been in a long time. Do you feel like it's just like a kick in the gut? The pandemic happens, and all of a sudden you feel like you got to kind of ramp everything back up again after you felt like everything was right at a good pitch, a good temperature? Or do you feel like right now people are jonesing just as much now as they were even before? I think initially, I think all of us were kind of uh... – yeah, we're all a little bummed out when it first happened, right? Because we're just so used to being on the road every weekend, especially me as a wrestler and a promoter, on the road every weekend, uh, training every week. Um, you know, you're interacting with people all the time and stuff like that, and they just came to a screeching halt, and then you weren't doing anything anymore. Um, and I, and if, I think everyone kind of felt like they were losing their momentum in the sense of it, but, like, nothing was happening uh, at that time. Um, we, we, uh, luckily, uh, we, we were able to run a few small shows during the time and late – late last year, early this year, where things were still not uh, what they are now or even what they're going to be, um, that we had limited fans in the attendance or some of them, sometimes we didn't have any fans. Um, but um, I think people are just are ready to go out. And I think people are ready to more so than ever, just ex- like whatever we could, let's just go do something, you know? And I think um, pro wrestling might, especially independent wrestling might be able to benefit from that because, um, you know, if, if the promoters are willing to put on their best stuff, you know, as well as, you know, people are coming willing to come back, then you can only build your base from there. It's kind of what we've done in Houston because we never ran in Houston before the pandemic. Um, and and the venue that we ran already had everything preset in there. So, um, you know, we were able to run the shows without a high cost, if that makes sense. Um, and now we've, we've kind of built a, you know, I think last show, every show we've probably had maybe 40 or 50, 40 or 50 more people than we did the show before. So it's kind of like you just build up your fan base slowly that way. Um, and I think that there's a lot of opportunity there. I think people just are excited to go out. And I think people just want to, not just wrestling fans, just people just want to go out and have fun. And um, I think independent wrestling can really benefit from it. And uh, hopefully everyone's putting their best foot forward to offer that to the fans. Well, you you had, you know, you were, were a part of both worlds. Mm-hmm. You know, you took and become a wrestler, you know, the hard road there. Then you went into you know, promotion. So what exactly do you think is the harder job the worker or the promoter man that's a tough question i i there's there are like um if you want to be great at both of these things i think there's um there's things that you have to really master i guess if that makes sense i'm still i'm still i was still learning as a wrestler i'm still learning as a promoter i think both jobs are are that's, that's tough, man. It's, it feels almost like apples and oranges, even if they're in the same world, the sense of like, um, like I said, if you want to be the best or the, one of the greatest at one thing, if the, say a wrestler or whatever the case may be, that job's not easy. And you, every single time that you go out there, you know, someone like uh, Kylie Ray, like she's, I think she's a tremendous talent, right? Every time she goes out there and she comes back, she's asking me for advice. She's asking all the veterans in the back for advice just because she wants to get that much better than she was last time she was in the ring. And I think if you have, if you look at it from that perspective of like, um, you know, every time I go out there, I can be just a bit better than I was before. It's a hard, ta- it's a hard job to, to go out there and do do that, if that makes sense. And I think as a promoter, uh, I mean, as a wrestler too, but as a promoter, you make a lot of mistakes. Uh, 
whether you're booking the show, the way the show's laid out, uh, you know, the way you promote it for a certain show, what you bring into the show, you know, people on your show, you, you make a lot of mistakes, right? Um, and you just try to do your best to learn from them. And um, like I said, I'm still learning and from the sense of promoting, I've only been doing it for two or three years. But, um, you know, every mistake that you make um, at promoting, you learn from and you get better. And I think that we've done a good job of cap like making sure that we don't make those same mistakes again and making our shows uh, the best that they can be every time out. Let me throw this question out to you. You know, there's a many different promotions all over, not only the country, but over Texas as well. Mm -hmm. What makes your promotion stand out um, from the other ones? Is there anything that you would say is it has your DNA on it, which is, hey, this is our stamp. This is what we do. This is what the fans get when they come to ours, aside from going anywhere else. I think uh, I always I say this a lot, but I think our show has a lot of heart um, sense of like, you know, Kylie Ray just came back uh, a few shows ago at Warrior Wrestling. Um, and, you know, she's a good friend of mine. She trained down here in Houston at Books for a little bit uh, for a couple of years. And, you know, we just talked and, and um, you know, for her coming back, it was a surprise. We didn't advertise it at all. She came back and, and shocked. And, um, you know, people got emotional because, you know, it's the first time they'd seen her in a couple of years in Texas. Um, you know, so another guy, Terrell Tippo, same thing that he moved back out to call California. Surprise, he came out. Brian Keith uh, has been granted for a long time here in Houston. He, uh, you know, we worked an angle with, it was, we built him and Q up. And Q has been, you know, held the title for 600 and something days. Brian Keith on one hand, you know, he's been grinding and he's just been absolutely tearing it up on, and setting everything on fire. We built them both up for about eight months, just not touching, not even any kind of interactions and stuff like that. And so when the match happened and we built it up to that, you know, people were very invested to see, wanting to see Brian Keith or just want to see what, what in general what it was. But they were very interested and invested in what uh, Brian Keith winning the title and taking that next step uh, with us and the next step in indie wrestling. And, um, you know, I think it just, you know, and I retired on a show a couple, uh, three weeks ago in my hometown or whatever. And, you know, people got emotional about that. And I think that's one thing that maybe the big shows kind of are missing lately. And it, it might be because of the pandemic, but I just watched the shows and there's just nothing I'm emotionally invested in at, that, at this point. It just feels like a they're wrestling in a big warehouse with fancy lights, you know, and uh, I think that's one thing that kind of sets us apart. We build stories. We get people invested in what's going on. It's a little bit of real life investment, but also like, you know, you could spend that to make it pro wrestling as well. And um, like I said, there's a lot of promotions nowadays that just well, like this. These nine matches look great on paper and you go to the show and you watch those nine matches and they're awesome. But after that, why do I care? You know, right. And that's what, that's what I, I'm trying. I try to do. You know, I, we have those matches where we put together like, wow, this looks great on paper. Um, but there's only going to be like one of those on the card or two of those maybe at the top. So the other ones are going to be matches that have a reason and, you know, we're leading to something or we're building towards something. And um, like I said, there's just I, – I don't know if it's just the, what people want these days, if that's maybe what everyone's kind of into nowadays. Like, well, I just put eight, eight or nine matches on the card. You know, I just want to see, you know, this person versus that person. It doesn't really matter what, who wins or whatever. But in my opinion, I still think storyline-based stuff, you know, things that make you get invested in, and feel are just as important as – you know, so-and-so versus so-and-so uh, for the first time ever kind of thing. Let me ask you this. When it comes to pro wrestling, and, and we know um, that it is entertainment. However, mm -hmm. there are some promotions that really do a great job of making it, like you said before, as real and raw and a competitive atmosphere. Does it ever bother you, um, maybe as a promoter and as a wrestler and as a fan, when you see promotions, I won't name names, but with swing sets and dolls and people getting set on fire and it just, does it ever, do you ever just sit there and go, 
Yep. And this is why people say what they say about wrestling. I mean, I, yes, I, I'm not going to just like straight up lie. I, I, I feel like there's like a, a place for it, if that makes sense. Even in the Attitude Era when everyone was in love with wrestling, there was still a lot of goofy stuff happening on the show, right? Sure. But when it came to the main event, Stone Cold, The Rock, Triple H, Mankind, Taker, I mean, that was like, you know, that was, that felt like two heavyweight fighters going at it, you know? And I think once we started integrating, I think, more of that stuff into like main event stuff and it was goofy and, and I think people just felt like, you know, why should I care about this guy? past a certain point you know like i don't think he's gonna win the title kind of thing or whatever the it just it became like it was like a part of a show and then it almost became the entire show because it made people react and everyone's just looking for a reaction from the crowd instead of trying to work for you know something bigger than that just not just like that quick haha like oh you know book says it's like a quick haha crowd's laughing at you you want the crowd to be with you laughing with you kind of thing and uh i said i don't i don't know when or or why or how that all happened but it it just feels like there's a lot of wrestling promotions that are just leaning too heavy into it where you – I get – it's not my cup of tea, like I said. There is play, there is definitely a place for comedy wrestling on, on a show, my show. Um, it's not something that I'm saying is, is, is not something that, that should be a part of uh, wrestling, but it just feels like there should be a place for it and a reason for it. And uh, if it's not that – if there's not – if it doesn't make any sense, then I don't like it. And there's a lot of wrestling, just not comedy stuff or goofy stuff, that just doesn't make sense to me. So I don't like it. And that's just kind of the way it is. You know, I I think I'm not saying I have any kind of formulated that says this is perfect wrestling or anything like that. But I just think that uh, people should kind of especially people in the business and know what they're doing uh, should kind of wake up and be like, look, uh, I'm not going to do this just for sake of doing it. I want there to be a reason and purpose behind it. Outside of Booker T, was there anybody that that you sought out as far as advice when you obviously got behind the scenes and, and you're like I said before, you're the Oz of this entire thing um, that you said, Hey, can I buy you a cup of coffee or can we have a drink or can we sit down and talk about some of this stuff? Because for as much as we love it, obviously, you know, before we've done it, there's been other people who've done right. it. Is there anybody that either you sought out or anyone who took you under their wing and said, Hey, you know, make sure you're doing this or here are some things that no one ever told me about when I ran a promotion or how I did this. Was there anybody who helped you in that regard? Um, I never really had a mentor per se, uh, as far as, uh, promoting, um, you know, like I said, I was lucky to come up under Booker T, uh, Kevin Bernhardt's there. He, you know, I, we still, you know, we have, still have a great relationship there. Um, he's kind of the man behind the scenes there that helps run reality wrestling, uh, the, the production and the booking of the show of the, the TV show. Uh, he's somebody that I, I've talked to several times about a lot of different things and he's helped me out tremendously. Um, Bruce Pritchard was actually a reality wrestling for three or four years. And he's not somebody that I, I'm not saying that I've reached out to Bruce Pritchard, like, Hey, what's like, help me out. But I, when he would talk or when people would ask him questions, I would listen. Um, and, you know, I did talk to, you know, I would talk to him here and there as well, but um, mainly more wrestling at that time. Um, but, you know, you, you get, to, when you're sitting under like Bruce Pritchard or your Booker T's and even Kevin there at reality wrestling, uh, you know, you learn a lot there just from listening and why they do things a certain way. Um, as far as on the Texas scene, um, there's a, a gentleman named Justin Bissonette. Uh, we call him Biss here in, in Texas. He's promoter of Inspire Pro, or it's Inspire AD now, in Austin, Texas. Uh, I, I reach out to him because I've always liked what they've done there. Um, a VIP Wrestling in Dallas, uh, Lamont, he runs that. Um, he does a good job there as, as far as promoting it. And, um, and uh, you know, there's some other guys as well just kind of asking questions here and there about, you know what they did or, or in situations like this 
Um, but, you know, honestly, like it, it feels weird. Uh, you know, most times you start a promotion in the state or wherever territory and the other promotion is like, you know, screw this guy. We're not going to help them out at all kind of thing. And and honestly, man, it, it's been uh, I don't even know the word to say, it, but the fact that everyone's just been behind us and like like, yeah, these guys like, yeah, we like what this guy, these guys are doing. It's just been like, I don't even know. <laughs> I, I don't know why, you know, I guess maybe or whatever, but I am appreciative of every, all the advice and all the help that I get from like all the promoters here in Texas um and everyone that's ever helped us along the way because it's it's been like a like a stamp of approval from everybody and, and that's always been that's been really cool for for me personally as being a promoter do you ever find out that in like you said before that everybody seems to get along pretty well is there any difficulties when you know you're wanting to book somebody you're wanting to book this or that and you know somebody's got to call somebody and say yeah. hey, such and such how often do those backdoor phone calls truly happen when two people got a show that are coming up fairly close to each other. Yeah. And is there any deals or anything like that to get worked out that says, Hey, how can we both mutually get something that we both want? I think it's for me, I, I try to, for one, I work with people who want to do business in general. Uh, that's like a big thing for me. I don't want to work with somebody who doesn't want to put people over uh, just not on my show. I, I don't care for them. Uh, as far as like uh, say they have a big match or championship in that area, if we're running in that area, I, there's a level of respect that I have for, pretty much every promotion there um and you know i've reached out uh if something's you know i, I try to clear that before i even make the booking because i don't want to promote something that i can't follow through with if that makes sense and um you know, like i said there's just a level of respect that i have for the wrestlers there's a level of respect i have for the promotions in every territory um you know because you know we run in abilene which is six hours from houston so there's there's a big difference of, of space there um but uh yeah, I mean, uh, I think it's just an old school mentality that I have that I'm, I'm going to make sure that I'm not uh, stepping on anybody's toes or putting anybody in a, in a spot where they could could deem them as being uh, uh, not good for where they wrestle all the time, if that makes sense. You know, when we look at Texas and we think about it, everything's bigger than bigger than life in Texas. I mean, yes. uh, everybody's tougher in Texas. It's just the way it is. The steaks taste a lot better wrestling heritage with the funks and obviously mm -hmm. they're big in here um the von erics and paul bosch who yeah. is a, a legend when it comes to promoting in the texas area do you look at texas as well and say it's almost like its own world meaning you know you have the other states but i mean yes. texas in itself is it's it's its own entity and if you yeah. can make it in texas then that's saying a lot yeah hey I've been saying lately that Texas feels like it's on its own island uh, as far as pro wrestling is concerned. Um, there's a rich, rich tradition here, um, starting, you know, from your Funks, your Von Erics. Um, I saw something that Terry Funk was not in good health. So, you know, hopefully everything uh, prayers to him and he gets better and, and healthy. Um, you know, it's it's uh, and, you know, our last show was actually called Bosch, um, sort of in a tip of the cap to him, because there's a lot of people who didn't even know who Paul Bosch was. Um, pe people in Houston know who Paul Bosch is, uh, but you know, outside of that, and then people ask me a lot, you know, I probably answered 20 people about what does the show name mean? And just the fact that I'm able to educate them on Paul Bosch is, is, is a success for me because of how big he was in the Houston wrestling scene and how he promoted for decades in that area. And I mean, that's hard to promote for two or three years, much less I can imagine 20 or 30 years. Um, but you know, it's, uh, it's, it's, if you cut the rest of the country off from the from the Texas or the, from the Texas from Texas 
And uh, you just looked at the, the the talent that we've had here, and you know your Shawn Michaels, your Stone Cold Steve Austin's, Booker T's, Terry Funk, Von Erichs. I mean, just you know Taker. It's just everybody that's been in this. I mean, just the talent alone is insane. And um, even now, I think we have such a deep like talent pool here in Texas um, that even if I couldn't even get access to anybody else in the states, we'd still have great shows just because of how the talent that's out here. And I'd agree. Um, you know, I just uh, I feel blessed because I'm in Texas. It's big, you know, so the road trips are tough. <laughs> but uh, um, it's cool because uh, especially lately, there's been a lot of unity and we're all trying to work together to kind of uh, showcase our guys in a bigger way than we've we but then I've experienced that promotions have done in the past. Would you say, you know, we've seen some of the other promotions on TV, such as the impacts and the AEWs, and then obviously uh, I'll just refer to them as New York, um, talking about wanting to work with New Japan and whatnot. Do you feel like the tide is changing when it comes to wrestling? More people now, it's not so much me versus you, but you know what? I win, you win, let's all win together. I've always been a big believer in that type of mentality where if we somehow unify and, and come together, not all the time, but if we right. can help each other out, the business is going to do very, very well. Um, so do you think we're getting more along the lines of, of uniting together to maybe help other promotions out? I I hope so, man. I, I'm doing my best efforts here in Texas. We have a show on the 31st, July 31st, the Texas Indie Showcase, where we have nine promotions here in Texas coming together for one show in Houston. Uh, you know, it's not the first time that I've worked with promotions to run a show either. Um, I'm, I'm the, certainly a believer. I'm not afraid of running against another show in the same city. I, cause I believe in our product and I think we have a great product. And, uh, I think there's just more of that mentality nowadays. And, you know, I've, I, I, I speak with the promoters beforehand and there's just, it was just more of a cutthroat business back in the day. Like, you know, every ticket, you know, every ticket is important still, but we don't have to step on any of someone else's toes old, you know, Joe Blow promoting this promotion to get that ticket for us. And, um, as far as on a bigger level, I think that I think the WWE, I think everybody could benefit from working with everybody. I think there's just a cool, you know, when we kind of got a little bit of that at AEW with, you know, New Japan, you kind of, it just, it feels more interesting, I guess, if that makes sense. Because you just don't, the thing about wrestling is when the doors, when it feels like anything is possible, as yep. opposed to like, we're only getting these, you know, this here every week, month or every week, which, you know. WWE has made a great job of letting us know that we're getting the exact same show every week. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it makes it feel like it gives that excitement that makes you want to tune in live or makes you want to see things happen. Uh, even if you don't see them live, you know, to make sure oh, I got to see this on YouTube or whatever. And um, if you know how to book and you know how to promote your, your, your people correctly and your promotion, you won't, you won't hurt if they, if so-and-so shows up on the X show and, and puts their champion over, it's kind of like the old NWA thing, right? Uh, your champion would always, or your guy would put, always put over the champion or whatever. It didn't hurt them at all. Um, so I just think that uh, wrestling as a whole needs to start to do that just because it just, the fans just, get, I get more excited as, a, as, a, as you know, I'm in the business. I couldn't imagine what, you know, I, I mean, as fans would feel if you just feel like anything is possible, anything is laid out. If WWE and AEW did a joint show, like how much, buzz with that gig you know people would be like oh man i don't even know what to expect but uh as far as as long as vince i think runs the show in WWE, i don't think anything like that's going to happen i think like maybe if trips or whoever takes over i think there's that possibility like you know working with new japan or, or somewhere some other country is a very high possibility man uh back when i was running promotions i always loved uh when i actually got to work with other great promotions mm -hmm. because the possibilities are endless 
you know, you could work like I uh, a couple of times worked with a promotion and I said, hey, I'm booking such and such. You're booking such and such. Yeah. Why don't we uh, swap? I'll put my guy on the first half main event. He can go to your show for the main event yeah. and and vice versa. Uh, I, promotions nowadays, you know, are they more open to, you know, doing stuff like that? Because you're, you're, you get to get a bigger house because you get to swap uh, names. Yeah. You know, you get to give your guys a bigger payday if possible. And, you know, you're putting over a better product overall. Yeah. I, I think more people are, you know, just say, for example, uh, you know, Mysterious Q was our champion for the 600 days or whatever. And uh, when we went, we did a show in Tampa in Florida for, for Mania Weekend. Uh, he worked with, you know, IWTV was like, hey, we'd love to showcase Mysterious Q on our on our indie on our showcase on the on our uh, network. So, you know, he was able to do that show. He uh, did. There's a show here in Houston that we also, uh, you know, another big show, Loco, uh, that runs in Houston as well that. They reached out and they said, hey, we'd love to have Q on our show, you know, defend the title um, against, you know, this guy. I said, like, great. It sounds good. Uh, Battle Club New York or Battle Club in New York. Same thing. They they we had Masha Slamovich on our show. We built her up, you know, and, and had her face off against Roxy for the title. Um, they're having Mysterious Q go up there and face Mick Drake for the title. So it's, you know, I, I, I think it's just good for everyone because you build people up uh, and, you know, they, they're going to share our stuff. We're going to share their stuff. Uh, so more people are going to see it. And, um, you know, I think that's just that's just my mentality it's from a more from a marketing perspective. Of like if more people are able to see this in another part of the country that are fans of this promotion or or even in Texas, um, you know, then they're going to be like, oh, what's you know, what is new Texas and how can I watch it if they are interested in, you know, a Q or Brian Keith or Roxy or whoever that we have on their show. So that's just my thinking from a marketing perspective of how we're able to expand and how we keep expanding into more and more a higher level, even outside of the state. Is there anybody that you've seen in wrestling that you've said to yourself, man, I want my guys and gals to, if, if I want them to watch somebody, I want them to watch this person or this lady, or is there anybody that you've seen that's out there in wrestling right now that you feel like is fundamentally sound that does things the right way, whether it's either through a promo or through just uh, what they do in the ring, how they are as a storyteller, any names that come to mind that you think of, man, that's a really good example of how you should do X, Y, or Z. Um, I, man, it's tough. I think it feels like, Everybody has a little bit of like there's an element to somebody's game that they're they've perfected and they they're great, but I don't know if anybody's like a overall ten out of ten on everything. Um, you know, so I just think um, I and this is kind of just my my wrestling when I was wrestling, like I didn't just literally emulate somebody's entire move set and style and everything. I think you just got to find the pieces that work for you from different part from different uh, people, you know, and um, you know I think. Uh, I mean, there's just so many, there's so many talented people out there on an independent level and on, you know, in the, on the big stage, it's hard to say like this person, you know, maybe if you gave me a category and said, who do you think, you know, would be, or who, sh- if someone was like, Hey, I want to work on psychology, who should I watch? You know I mean? Like watch an edge, you know, watch edge or watch, you know, uh, you know, even Cody Rhodes does a good job of it in, in the sense of what they do at AEW. And it's like, you know, watch these people and see how they put together the matches or how their matches are structured. And, uh, you know, maybe you'll be able to figure a few things out. And I think that's just what's important. Like, you know, I, I try to give people, you know, two or three names that come to my mind when they ask me about certain stuff. So, uh, but I don't think anybody's perfect. And, uh, and, uh, 
And I think uh, I think you can learn a little bit from everyone. That's that's my opinion on that. If I were to ask you to describe New Texas Pro Wrestling in five words, what would you say? What would be some adjectives that you would throw out there? Oh man, <laughs> five words. Jeez, uh, I. <laughs> Man, Freeland, that's harder than my question. Hey, yeah, wait, uh, hey, wait, I'm just, I'm, I mean, I'm it's pulling out the heartstrings. No, sorry. I mean, Texas heart, action, uh, drama, and <laughs> I don't know, something else. I just, whatever adjective that works. Look at Passion. the adjective. <laughs> Passion. There you go. That works too. I just, I'm a big, I'm a big fan of like the Harley races and I'm a big fan of the Stan Hansons and I'm a big fan of the guys who it it just, they were, they weren't the muscle guys. They weren't the guys that, you know, we call, my dad would say, we call them country strong. They don't go to the gym, but I tell you what, they could beat the living tar out of you. They look like it too, right? (laughs) Yes. Their arms are just tubes. They don't need all that definition or whatever. And I just think about that. And I think, you know, like the Bruiser Brodies as well, just guys that went out there and they just killed it when it came to putting together great matches and just literally putting it all out there on the line for the audiences. So that's what I think of when I think of Texas wrestling. I think of it's just, it's a man's man type of thing, if that makes sense. I, I agree, man. It's, it's, it's something uh, when you, I, me particularly, I there's some promoters who just love guys who have great looks, and they just that's who they all all their book. I for me that stuff doesn't really matter. I think if you need, I think you need to be in great shape to be a wrestler, um, because you don't want to <laughs> blow up out there and just die in the middle of the ring. But as far as the way you look, appearance wise, like I, you know, like you said, like uh, Stan Hansen didn't have abs, but he looked like he'd kick your ass. You know, like there's no question about it. Um, and I think that kind of that translates to like what we do, you know, the in the main event of uh, this last show when it was Q and Brian Keith, uh, they stared off for maybe two minutes straight as the introduction was happening and as the bell rang and the crowd was just chanting, this is awesome, as they're just staring at each other because of the intensity of like this guy's going to kick this, you know, the intensity of two guys looking at each other like I'm about to kick your ass, like in a stare off, um, maybe Don Fry and Takayama, that kind of thing. Yes. And um, that's Man, and the and you just get the goosebumps. You're like, oh, this is a big fight field to this match. And it's like those small things that like, that's what you think of Texas wrestling. And that's what you get with New Texas Pro that like, you know, the, and these two guys, they, I mean, you know, Q looks like a million bucks that, that I, I give him. But Brian Keith looks like a guy who, you know, a, a dad who works and, you know, works out or whatever, but doesn't have the best look, but he still looks like he can kick your ass. And like, it just, I enjoy that stuff as well, man. I think that it's sorely missing in a lot of wrestling today. Um, because, you know, I love athletic wrestling as well. I love what they call video game wrestling. It's cool. Um, but when it comes down to like who I'm going to root for, it's going to be the dude that looks like, you know, he can kick your ass and he's going to go drink some beers after the show. I mean, that's just kind of the guy that I've been. And, and I think, uh, and I think we have that edge to a lot of our show as well that, you know, there's just a lot of guys who look like they can go out there and kick your ass. And, uh, and you know, that's what Texas wrestling is. That's what people are going to think of your stone colds your Stan Hansen's JBL's guys like that. that never looked well. Stone cold looked good, but never looked great. And, uh, you know, kick your ass and drink some beers. I think that's, what's important. Ritster, I'm going to throw it to you to ask the, uh, the question. And, uh, <laughs> I tell you what, Kiefer, I'm going to, I usually preface this, but you know what? Yes. I'm just going to step back. The floor All is right, yours. Let's do it. Ask okay. the question. Seven words to describe your promotion. <laughs> no, no, no. 
Keeper. Your essays do my midnight tonight. Okay, I got you. Hot tub time machine. Yes. You can go back in any time. And I'm going to give you a two-parter. Okay. Since you have the best of both worlds. Mm-hmm. Go back to any time. Take any match. Take someone out and put yourself in. What match is it and why? Part two. What card would you want to go back and be there and put together as a promoter and put hmm. yourself part of that card? Man, and you, I, and you give me shit for the fact that I asked him <laughs> to find five adjectives. Uh, hey, what's that? I can't hear you. What would you say? The guest is trying to think. Man, I, I'm trying to think. Oh man, I would love to have put. I and mean, this is even recent memory, but I, I just think it was a great moment, um, just because it actually had some like the last maybe last time I felt emotion with WWE. But I would just love to have put uh, Ben and Danny Bryan, just take Danny Bryan out and put myself and put over Kofi Kingston at that WrestleMania moment. Uh, I just think that was just a. I was there. I did actually work at the Elimination Chamber, which was the month before, and I said I've never I've never sat in a crowd or or watched from a crowd, I should say. And felt the crowd willing Kofi Kingston to that win against Daniel Bryan in that chamber match. And, uh, you know, it was just because it felt it was a little bit of real life and a little bit of pro wrestling. And it just felt like real. And we all wanted it to happen. And uh, that's it. I, I, me just being, I've always worked as a heel. Um, I would just love to have put someone like Kofi over because he's an absolute tremendous dude. Um, every time that I've got to do extra work, he's just been the nicest guy to us. He has no reason to be nice to the extras, but he's been so nice to us. Um, somebody, something like that, man. I, I just, I'm always the type of guy, and this is maybe why I'm, I'm better promoting than I'm wrestling. But I would just love to be the guy to help put somebody over, as opposed to being the guy to go over. Um, as far as the card is concerned, man, I've always loved 2002 SummerSlam. I don't know why. It just was. It's just, it's just completely stacked. I mean, from top to bottom, with you know Brock and Rock at the top, and just every match on there, you're like, man, that could have been like a main event in like the 0506 time frame or whatever. And um, yeah, man, that that card is that's not a mania card. That's the always one that's kind of stuck out in my head. I've been like, I've like looking, you know, I look, I used to look at the DVD cases when I would go rent them at wherever, and I would just look at that card and be like, man, this is this is a tremendous card, you know. Even when I got the DVD, I'd still be like, yeah, this is like, I don't know why that one's always just stuck out in my head of being like, non WrestleMania card. This is like my favorite card that uh, WWE's ever put on. And yes, guys, just to let you know, Kiefer did say. Rent a DVD. That was a thing back in the <laughs> wow. day. Wow. Even rent a VHS. I remember those days as well. I mean, a video, VHS, there was this old thing of VCR. You guys probably don't remember it. They're oh, man. What? What? It's not a Blu-ray? It's not yeah, on exactly. Netflix? They can't digitally download it on my phone it, yet. Yeah. I will say this. I, my parents still have a Betamax. Now you really? know what? That's cool. Yeah. Drop it right there. That's right, kids. <laughs> you have no yeah. idea how hard it is to watch something when you have no concept of how to work that. And I don't think fans these days will understand what we went through to try to find a vid- like one of the like a new DVD wrestling DVD or, or VHS when it first came out, or even if they you know even if the local stores even rented uh, wrestling stuff. But man, that was I always that was such a thrill to go into the video store and be like, I hope they have you know whichever DVD or you know if it was out of stock or in stock or whatever like. I just don't feel excitement like that anymore. And I, <laughs> I miss that feeling of having to find stuff like, oh, you know, you want to see this match? Well, I can watch it on YouTube. As opposed to like, you want to see this match? You got to go find that video, you know, whether to buy or rent, you got to go find it. So uh, I miss that. I miss that thrill of being able to do that. 
speaking on that just just really really quickly here i remember i had a paper route when i was younger and i kept i saved money for a long time and i got so sick and tired of going to my local video store yeah. and they would be rented out i bought everything Whoa. i bought the entire <laughs> wrestling rack really they just like here like how much were you like how much for this rack and they're like I, yeah yeah, I, I I said I want the the two VHS WrestleMania three. Yeah, I want all of that. I want the summer. Sl- I just picked it all off, and I went here's three hundred dollars. What do you think? And they said, all right, put it in a bag. And I left, and I said that was the last day I was renting anything because you know what? Screw all the other kids in the neighborhood. It was a struggle, I, man. <laughs> it was hard to find that stuff. It was. Hey, Freeland, didn't you sit there and tell me you started renting those VHSs for ten bucks a pop? Uh, on your paper route you just go drop it off in the morning in the mailbox (laughs) maybe maybe oh man anyway it has been an absolute blast um i would love to get a chance (laughs) to bring you back again and and do this again guys it is new texas pro wrestling check them out on twitter it is at new texas pw check out their youtube channel as well and that's going to be at youtube.com forward slash new texas pro wrestling where else can they find you guys if they want to get some more information about events, merchandise, when tickets are going on sale, and all that good stuff? Um, you, Twitter and YouTube are two of uh, two great things. We have Instagram, another one uh, at New Texas Pro, uh, as well as on Facebook, New Texas Pro Wrestling, as well on Facebook. Um, you know, those are the social medias. I think we we have a guy working on TikTok. I'm not 100 percent sure what's going on there, but I think we have one as well. Uh, that's probably more for the for the younger generation. But, um, yeah, man, uh, any social media uh, you can find us on. Uh, we're pretty interactive on there as well. So if you want to, you know, reach out to us or, or whatever, we'll, we'll probably get back to you. So, Guys, please check them out. A great promotion in the greatest state of them all is Texas. Everything's bigger and better in Texas, yes, and that sir. includes wrestling. This is Kiefer Bartek. Thank you so much, Kiefer, for, for giving us some time, and we'll definitely chat with you down the road, my friend. Thank you all. Thanks for yeah. coming, man. Yeah, have a good one, man. Thank you all so much. See ya. All right, Kiefer Bartek. Uh, that was informative, entertaining. That kind of had everything. I mean, not only from a story of somebody who was a wrestler, but then how they went from being a wrestler to being a promoter and all the things that happened, the working with the different promotions instead of just me versus you. Um, really, really great stuff. So if you did not get a chance to hear the entire interview uh, with New Texas Pro, Kiefer Bartek, please, by all means, after this show goes off the air, it'll be available on demand. And obviously, later on this week, we'll be dropping the audio version and then the video version will go onto our YouTube channel. Um, comments. What do you think about that? I mean, we've been waiting forever to, to get a chance to pick the brain of Kiefer, and we did, and it met and exceeded expectations. Hey, I love sitting there and talking to promoters, and you could probably tell Freeland. Because, man, th- there's just so much that goes into promoting a show yes. that some people just don't get it. They, you know, they're like, oh, well, it's it, it's a one-day payday. No, it's not. If there's 30 days that month, you're working 29 days. You yes. know, and guess what? Once that uh, the main event's over and everybody files out, lights go out, guess what? You're on to the next one, and you got to push the next one just as hard. Yeah, no, I would agree with you 100%. And, and I, what I love about what we do here on, on Front Row Material and what you're going to be seeing a lot on Future Stars now is a lot of the behind-the-scenes stories of people who are working in the independent 
uh, wrestling community from the stars to the promoters to how all of it works. I mean, I feel like a lot of people take it for granted what they see on TV and they think that it's just, it all magically comes together. I turn on TNT at eight o'clock and it just magically works. Or, or if you choose to watch at nine o'clock on USA, which I don't know why you would, but anyway, I digress. Um, it just doesn't magically come together. It's one of these things that, as you know, it takes months and it takes advertising and, and pushing tickets and going to radio stations and flyering and trying to work out different dates with different wrestlers. Well, who's booked here? Who's booked there? You know, hoping the weather turns out so it, it, it works out with your audience, you know, and it just seems like a lot of restless nights. Hey, hey, that is probably one of the hardest things that I remember. You're trying to work a storyline with, you know, wrestler A. Okay, you run the second Saturday of every month. You get a hold of him. Okay, are you available for the next four months, second Saturday? And he'd be like, yeah, I'm, I'm available for three out of the four. You're like, crap. Okay, now you got to figure something out for that, you know, one show where he's not available or she's not available. And it's it's mind-blowing sometimes. Yeah. No, I don't disagree with you. Guys, it has been fun, but the fun does not have to stop right now. After we take this small time out, it's panel time. It's Front Row Material live with our panel. Don't go anywhere. This is FRM. I'm too sexy for my love. Too sexy for my love, love's going to leave me. I'm too sexy for my shirt, too sexy for my shirt, so sexy, it hurts. Sexy for Milan, too sexy for Milan, New York and Japan. Take it. And I'm too sexy for your party, too sexy for your party, no way. I am disco dancing. I'm a model, you know what I mean, and I do my little turn on. Yeah, on the catwalk, on the catwalk, yeah, I do my little turn on the catwalk. Oh, too sexy for my car, too sexy for my car. For my hat, too sexy for my hat. What do you think about that? Hold it. I'm a model, you know what I mean, and I do my little turn on the catwalk. Yeah, on the catwalk, on the catwalk. I'm a model, 
the catwalk, on the catwalk, yeah, I do my turn on the catwalk. Well, I'm too sexy for my cat, too sexy for my cat, poor pussy, poor pussy cat. I'm too sexy for my love, too sexy for my love, love's going to leave me. Was that, was that any good? Oh my god. Welcome back to the program. This is Front Row Material Live on Tuesday night. This is Mike Freeland and the Rit Josh Reuter sitting in for Mikey and Jerry who are still away. We're hoping you're having a great Tuesday night, uh, just to let you know, at 8 o'clock this evening, or shortly thereafter, we debuted uh, Future Stars Now, and we did the rundown of the big pay-per-view that's going to be heading your way this Friday, July the 9th, from AAW. Uh, Obviously, you can go ahead and check all of that information out when this show goes off the air. It'll be on demand on our Twitch page, and obviously, we will soon be loading it onto our YouTube page as well. We also got done with an interview just moments ago with Kiefer Bartek. And uh, I love getting to talk to these promoters from all over the country just to hear what their philosophy is on wrestling, how they believe in storytelling, things that they like, things they don't like. What was your take on that, Rit? Hey, anytime that we can sit there and talk to a, a promoter and get how they, you know, take the business. And it's different when you are go from a wrestler to a promoter. You know, you you know how you want to be treated, so you treat others the same way, right? And you know, it's it's great to to hear them talk and discuss, you know, what they put into the product and what they expect out of it. No, I agree with you one hundred percent. It's always fun, and it's always insightful to pick somebody's brain. So, with that being said, Rit, I'm going to let you do the introductions. Bring in the panel. First off. In this corner, hailing from his wife's classroom, <laughs> our original Canadian, ladies and gentlemen, the butt. Hello, gentlemen. How's it going? How are you, Ben? I've been good. Hey. Hey. How was your How was your vacation? Hey. Eh? It was good. It was a nice little getaway. We were gone for nine days. A little bit of rest and relaxation. Did, did you come home? Around. Did you actually come home with the wife? I did. Ah, yeah. well, congratulations! Nine days, you know, and, and you bring her back. Well, we had her vehicle, so I needed a ride home. <laughs> so didn't, I needed a ride home. Didn't you That's tell the comment of the night? Didn't you sit there and tell everybody you paid for? It, so it's your vehicle. She just drives it. Well, I do, but it's it's still hers. Oh, I, I just pay for it. And in this corner, we have our other Canadian. He is from every 70s movie you've always watched when you were a kid and didn't know what was going on. We have Sexton Hardcastle. Here I am. What's going on, Mr. Hardcastle? You know, just staying hard. (laughs) It's hard to stay hard. Oh, my. Not for me. Hey, what's been going on since uh, since last Thursday? Seen you on Calls of Beardo. 
Yeah, I was there. I was uh, filling in, you know, doing my thing, and uh, uh, not much else since then. Got a haircut for the first time in three months. That was pretty cool. So, yeah. Hey, you look like $100 Canadian. So, worth like 1000 I guess, right? No, uh, like seven. Was... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, close enough. So, and last but not least, we have Mr. God damn it, Mike Freeland. Anton, don't hide your dick. Hide Nick. What's let good, it guys? Fl- let it flip flop and fly. What's good, guys? Look at that hair. Man, look at that. Luscious locks, good DNA. I'm fucking jealous already. It's a lot of hair. It is, but it looks good. I tell you what. I mean, butt's got good luscious hair. Uh, Sexton, Sexton Hardcastle, Hardcastle has Thank good you. hair. Uh, Anton does. Rit, you, I don't think you have had hair since when? 86, 87? I don't know what you're talking about. My hair is looking phenomenal. No, your beard does look good. And folks, that just proves that hair can migrate from your crotch to your face. So... <laughs> That's good. Wow. With that being said, who is ready to play a little game called Around the Horn? <laughs> on Spotify every week. Oh, yeah, sure. Why not? <laughs> Don't kill me with all your enthusiasm. Eh, whatever. That's cool. Yeah. I'm good. Sure. Man. Hold on. Hold on one second. I want to do this really quick. Let's see. Yo. There he is. Look at him right there. You look like a doctor. You look like you do. It looks like you got some scrubs on. Like it's a golfer. Can I take your temperature? <laughs> it's a golf shirt. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. Uh, Mr. Hardcastle, um, let's yes. go. Let's go ahead and zoom in on you real quick here. What shirt you wearing tonight? Uh, Protest a hero. It's a Canadian band. Nice. Very yeah. nice. I like that. You? And uh, me, uh, just a white T-shirt. I got nothing. Yeah. Nothing. Hey, speaking of T-shirts, Freeland. Yeah. You mind if I tell everybody what, what what deal I found? Oh, this is something that everyone needs to hear. Let's go ahead and put the camera on. Rit, Rit, tell everybody. And I feel like you 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 didn't just text this to me to be like informative text. Like, hey, guess what? You did this with some intention. Just hanging out at our mall. Wow. Hanging out the mall. You just get cooler by the second, kid. Hey, went to uh, Hot Topic. Wandered in there. I was waiting for my kid to get the old haircut ski. Yeah. And uh, on clearance, bam. Buy one, get three free. Buy one get three free. I, yeah, I mean, the last time out. I saw a deal like that, I was at the uh, the Moonlight Ranch. Wow. Anyways, what's the Moonlight Ranch? You don't want to know. Oh, my it friend. Is, it's it's right next to the Blue Oyster, but sounds like a brothel. Oh, oh my god, it's like pay, Chuck E. Cheese. For one venereal disease. Get, get three free. And a vial of penicillin. It still uh, burns when he pees. But anyways, <laughs> what was on the old rack, spooning around, looking? I found AEW shirts. AEW shirts. You got the shirts with you right now, you schmo? No, they're my sons. You bought them for somebody else? I bought them for my kid. 
We'll we'll go get him right now. He's asleep. Hey, I've got him. Are they in his drawer? Are they folded or where are they? I have no idea where he has them. He's a kid. For the love of God. But you're supposed to be displaying this kind of stuff. When you tell somebody you got something, you show it. I sent you pictures. Oh, Lord. But I I wanted the audience to be able to see it. That's the point. An Orange Cassidy shirt. That's mine. That's personally mine. Orange Cassidy. Mm -hmm. The Inner Circle. Three different Young Buck shirts. And, well, Freeland, I got him a Kenny Omega shirt. No. You're such a good father. You should win father of the fucking year. You are such a good human being. You got your son a great shirt with somebody who is an inspiration to children all over this beautiful country what? and world we live in. We're going to be talking about Kenny on the show as well. Do we have to? He's yeah, a Kenny Omega watch and we bust his balls for loving the shit out of Kenny Omega. Uh-huh. Is there an option? No, what about option X? So, but yeah, that's the, that's the story, Freeland. And and, yep. and and Freeland's jealous as a as a mother. Well, hold on a second. I, I I don't know if I would go with the phrase jealous. Jealous means that there's some level of immaturity that may be coursing through my veins, and I'm not. I'm I'm happy Nerd. for you. I'm not. Jealous. Whatever. But did your package come in yet? No. When is your? When, hold on a second. Does everyone? But did you tell the story about what you recently purchased? I ordered a couple uh, wrestling figures. Yeah, Bullshit! Those. I'm calling on that one. You didn't order a couple. You looked at the camera. Look at the camera. Look at the camera right now. There you said several. You bought se- Okay, we asked you the question. We put you on the spot. We said, "Was it between? Was it? Was it? How many? Five, six? And you said, "Well, it's a more than five, but less than ten. Exactly. And I hope Mrs. Butt listens to this so badly right now because. According to our good bearded moose hunter, he has not told his wife that he has spent. How much Canadian would you say you've spent on these figures? More or less than your shirt. By the way, his shirt was a Sean Spears. He spent 70 bucks on it. Way more than that. I'm uh, no, no, I mean per figure. No, I just want to know the grand fucking total. That's all I want to know. How much did you spend? How much did you drop? A lot. A lot. Yeah. If we're at the strip club, how much money would you be shilling out right here? More, more or less, less than your saw. More or yes. less than the saw. Well, more than the saw. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah. More than the saw. Jesus. You bought a woodworking saw that I know is several hundred dollars, and you just spent more on action figures. More. Yeah. Or, Anton, more he, or... bought, he bought doll toys more than he would buy. Oh, Jesus. But is it more or less than your wife's car payment? Ooh, good, good oh. analogy. Close. God damn, oh, dude. No. God damn. Oh, my God. Wait, wait. Hold on. Breaking yeah. news. Let's take Breaking. it to the butt. Where is Freeland at right now with those uh, figures you got? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Where am I at? I, look, I'm just I'm just not happy the fact that he got all those figures. Of how good you're doing. It has become a joke. We don't have an envious color. We'll go with envy would be orange like the walls. He's envious. Ooh. Oh, well, well, we're gonna split those have apart. A full head of hair. Wow! Because I have a lot of action figures. Wow! Look, just because you got good DNA, you got a good life, and you got great action figures, that doesn't mean I'm. I'm just happy for you. 
That's what I am. I'm just happy. I'm just happy in general. Freeland, why did you just text me and, every week? and say, but bought eight action figures. I'm so jealous. Let's go on a road trip and steal. I believe we're going to use the mute button here. The power oh, yeah. of being the host. We can obviously do that whenever we want. And guess what? It's not. Well, apparently Rick can do it too. <laughs> All right. We're not going to go dueling here on the mute button. Go on the mute button. All right. So with that being said, I'm glad everyone's doing well. Let's kind of jump into here. Now, these topics were topics that are what are circulating right now uh, in the world of wrestling. And there are some weeks that have more positive topics than others. So so don't don't roast me for not picking the most happy topics. So the first topic is going to be uh, kind of a sad one. So. Uh, rumors and word is coming out right now that Terry Funk is reportedly suffering from dementia and um, he is spending some time in an assisted living facility right now to uh, help him. Um, we have more information on this with Sexton Hardcastle, who uh, actually has some updated information on this. So let's start right to Sexton. Yeah, so um, I saw just before, I guess you got on, the show tonight that um tommy dreamer put a post out uh on instagram i originally saw and he put on twitter as well saying um guys don't get so worked up about this because it's not as bad as he thinks it is i guess he talks to terry quite often like once a week once or twice a week because they're very close and um apparently his mind is still there he's he's making jokes he's you know but uh, I mean, the other thing is, though, it's like, you know, he's still in assisted living. So everybody's like, well, OK, he's in assisted living. So that's the main thing, which is, you know, that's obviously a major problem. And uh, but apparently, you know, Dreamer says he's he's still kind of got all the faculties. Everything's still working up there. Um, we don't know, though, as far as the rest of his body, if he's uh, having a lot of problems or not. But. I mean, you know, it's two sides to every story, right? So you got to kind of see uh, where you can kind of draw the truth from. And obviously, he's in assisted living, so there's a problem there. And I'm sure his, his mind isn't as sharp as it was. Uh, I guess we just need to get a definitive answer, maybe from his family or something. Who knows? It's been tough, too, with this whole situation because he lost his wife in 2019. And a yep. lot of people have said ever since that has happened that it has been um, – it's been even more difficult and I can't even put my mind or myself in that situation. I have no concept what that feels like. So I'm not even going to try to comment on that, but I just wish whatever is the best for him. And I wish the best for his family. And, um, it's just, it's tough all the way around. I mean, when you, when you see people that you have, looked up to and admired for so many years and all of a sudden you see them starting to go downhill and you see that without your own parents sometimes that is the biggest gut punch in the world um because it's so close to home it sucks and it just makes you realize one very important thing that life is short enjoy it uh, i don't forget to tell people you care about them you love them enjoy the time because man it, it can be gone in a heartbeat. There was a 24-year-old hockey player for the 
uh, Columbus Blue Jackets, Blue Jackets right. and he passed away. And it's just like it just just like that, like that. You don't know. So our hearts and our prayers and our thoughts are going to Terry Funk. And I know this is going to hit Mikey extremely hard because if he hasn't already seen the news, um, seeing something like this about your your colleagues and your friends is can't be easy. Can't be easy. Um, so on a positive, let's go around here and let's talk about what do you have a favorite Terry Funk match or moment from his career? And I know there's, there's a ton of them, but if you had to say this one was the one that stood out the most for me. So we're going to go ahead and, and take it to the butt. Um, is there any moment or match? I mean, whether it was Chainsaw Charlie or whether it was, um, you know, what he was doing in Japan, FMW, when he was in WCW flu- uh, feuding with Flair, or what What stands out to you? I guess the first match comes to mind is him and uh, Cactus Jack in the Deathmatch tournament. That's the first match I can really think of. I mean, it's an iconic match. I think any I don't know. I bought the T-shirt with it on it. There's that, and there's the ECW with um, Sabu and Shane Douglas. Yeah. Right. Another iconic match, in my opinion. Those are the first ones come to mind. I did enjoy the chain, Chainsaw Charlie. It was just something about that. It was it was foolish as could be, but I did enjoy it. I was a bit younger then too. That's the stuff that comes to mind. Uh, his Japan stuff, I don't know anything about. I can't form an educated opinion on that. So that's what I'd go with there. Yeah, no, excellent right there. I mean, I'm, I'm with you on that. Uh, we'll throw it to Anton. Uh, when it comes to Terry Funk, what, what comes to mind as far as either um, favorite match, favorite moment? Is there something that might have crossed your mind that made you realize, hey, you know what? This is what I think of when I think of Terry Funk. So first and foremost is Chainsaw Charlie because I remember seeing that as a kid. And then obviously when I dug deeper into ECW and things of that nature, as I got older, it's all of it really, you know, the middle-aged and crazy doing moonsaults and fucking, you know, trash can bumps and ladders and barbed wire. You know, when he's, you know, Mikey Whitbrick says it all the time. I'm now the age that Terry Funk was when I was 23, 24, et cetera, in ECW. So it's one of those weird things to think about that. He's always been middle-aged and crazy, which, truthfully gave him a longer career by taking less bumps and doing more of the hardcore shit. But the flaming chair incident with cactus and Raven, um, that's one of the first things that comes to mind. Uh, the behind the mat uh, part where Vicky's telling him, don't forget the uh, braiding irons in the trunk. You know, those are things that instantly come to mind, but just your mother's a whore, you know, <laughs> this is tough. Getting a neck, a knife or a dart thrown into his neck from an audience member and coming back out of the curtain going, this is tough. You know, motherfucker is crazy as shit. Yes. You know, Dreamer wanting to be shot in ECW, get shot by a 22 and take a bullet. And Terry's like, oh, my dad did that in Amarillo back in the day. And Dreamer's like, well, fuck, I thought I was being original. Of course not. The funks did it. <laughs> Gee, it just it 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 never stops when you think about that because no. he was middle aged and crazy in the eighties, and it's just like this man yes. has always been around, and it's like it's it's hard to see and to think about a time when we may potentially not have have Terry around. Um, Sexton Hardcastle, God, God love that. Um, I can't, I can't keep a straight face. Uh, you know where me, that's from, right? 
I I don't. I it's, don't. It's Should Edge's. I? It was Edge's Edge name when when he was uh when he was on the indie circuit in uh, Canada. Oh, very cool. Did not know go. about that. Well, yeah. Um. So as far as uh just kind of memories of Terry, uh, I I've seen uh, some of his uh world title run for NWA. I uh, had some really good matches there, and um, the things that I watched a lot of when I um, got to pay trading was um, seeing a lot of the All Japan stuff with his tags with his brother Dory, and uh, they had some amazing matches. Um, the thing that always jumps out to me, though, is the the Cinderella story run in 97 for um, the barely... Um, for uh, ECW and going for the world title. That was excellent. And he had a lot of great memories in ECW, but uh, you know, that was, I mean, it's a bit predictable because we all kind of figured, yeah, that was a Cinderella story, but man, it was, it was compelling. And uh, you know, he's had a lot of great stuff through the years. And this is, this is something I've been thinking about for a while because, you know, we all know ever since his wife, Vicky died, it's, uh, it's not looking you know, it's not looking like it's it was going to be a great road ahead for him. And you can see just in the last year or two how he's been feeling and everything. But uh, my heart goes out to him because he's one of my favorites of all time. So, no, I agree with you completely. Let's go ahead and uh, and throw it to a mountain man. Um, tell us, what is your favorite moment match? Uh, anything that, re- that revolves around Terry Funk? Was there anything to, to you that stood out that was like, I mean, your mother's a whore is is a great one. <laughs> uh, Dusty sucks eggs um, is another great one. Uh, gosh, I was trying to remember for all our WCW fans. It wasn't it wasn't Spring Stampede. It might have been Slamboree, a Legends reunion where Funk took on Tully Blanchard, and oh, it was so good. But um, anyway, I digress. Let's throw it to Rit. Uh, what's your thoughts? Uh, two moments come to mind. One, uh, when him and uh, Mick Foley were in the ring and Terry Funk uh, calls for the chair, and 50 chairs later, they're all in the ring. Mm-hmm. And uh, I would have to say the night he uh, he won the ECW title for the first time, that, that there was, you know, him saying, hey, I'm here, let's uh, – Put everything on my back, and I'll help you guys as much as I can. And and one of my favorite uh, interviews or ever was when uh, Terry Funk's like, you know, someone's made mention of Terry Funk, and they're like, "I'll make you, I'll make you, I'll make you." He, he wanted to to work with everybody and help everybody, and that's the type of guy Terry Funk was and is. You know, he he wants to help everybody get over and make them a, a, a better man. Uh, somebody put in the chat here, remember when Funk got kicked in the head by a horse in a hardcore match in WCW? <laughs> I can honestly say I have never uh, seen that or been aware of a horse being involved, much less somebody getting kicked, mule kicked by a horse. So if anyone can find that... But- um, Maybe they they thought it was Ric Flair because uh, he might have been just in his robe, and they thought it was a horse. <laughs> oh, and they saw they saw his baloney pony hanging down. Yeah, the baby's arm, the baby arm, yeah, the baby arm. That's right. Yeah, it wasn't God. Robert Parker. 
<laughs> no, it wasn't. Man, there's so many people. Um, so, with that being said, uh, my favorite Terry Funk moment, I would say, man, FMW is definitely one. Um, when he did the death match with Cactus Jack, um, I thought that was incredible. I loved what he did when he feuded with Flair, especially with the I Quit match. I loved that. Um, just so many good things that he did. But I would say most of mine were in when he was in WCW. Uh, loved that kind of stuff. And and I believe it was brought up that he he had the empty uh, arena match with yeah. Jerry Lawler. I think that was a big one as well. I can't believe I missed that one. Oh. My eye! My eye! That was incredible. Lawler! Lawler, you son of a bitch! It's amazing. Oh, my gosh. Um, so, yeah, so many great moments when it comes to, to Terry Funk that we'll be able to enjoy, and hopefully he continues to improve. Um, or as long as he's not in pain and he's enjoying a decent quality of life, I think that's a big thing as well. Uh, moving on to another very interesting topic here, Jimmy Uso. Oh no, say it ain't so Jimmy. What happened? Little Jimmy. We're going to throw it to the butt, but, uh, Jimmy Uso, this is his second DUI. Um, and he blew, I'm trying to remember a, uh, point two zero. Um, I'm going to have to look up the exact number here, but is there any excuse when you are a very, very wealthy individual to not have someone to either drive you or, for the love of God, there's Ubers now. There's other things you can do. You can even take a taxi at this point. Why would anybody get behind the wheel and still drive? There's no need. It's foolish. We all make poor choices. I know I've driven drunk before. I don't condone it. It's dumb. I mean, this is a second DUI in two years. Maybe he has alcohol dependency issues. Who knows if that's the case? You know, God bless him. I hope he gets sorted out. But at the end of the day, it's just dumb. He could hurt himself, or worse again, he could hurt somebody else. It's just bad news bears. He, he's got to get that shit sorted out before something real bad happens. Getting a ticket. Losing your license, your insurance is high. That's one thing. But if he, you think if he hit a kid or something and hurt him or, or killed him, you can't fix that. He needs to get his shit sorted out. You can't tell me that he couldn't have got a ride with somebody or Uber, like you said, or rent a limo. Do something. He's got cash. That shouldn't be the issue. It's just foolish. Uh, he needs to get that shit sorted out, plain and simple. No, I agree completely. Um, I don't even like driving in general. I wouldn't mind if someone said, I'm taking your license now. I'll sit in the passenger seat. I'll sit in the back seat. I'll put my head against the window. I don't care. But at the end of the day, the reason why this topic has hit home with me is I lost uh, two family members on vacation um, due to a drunk driver. And we joined MAD. And it was one of those deals where I think just like anything, you don't look at something critically or really give it the attention until something happens close to home, whether it's a friend or a family member. But when it does, it hurts, especially when you know it was avoidable. Mm -hmm. um, it, it's not like somebody got diagnosed with cancer or something like that, and it was like, oh, you know, 
that's just the way that is or whatever. But drinking and driving, uh, I think there's a commercial that's airing on TV right now. It says something about if you have to drink water or throw water in your face and you can tell yourself, I think I'm okay. If you have to try to convince yourself, then you're not okay. But let me, and I'm not going to read all of this here to you, but um, as noted, uh, Uso was arrested Monday night after being stopped by police who witnessed him run a red light while doing 55 and a 35. He later failed a sobriety test and was taken to jail overnight for misdemeanor DUI speeding and running a red light. Um, obviously, he was released the following morning at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard after posting a bond of $500. Um, like uh, like the butt said before, it was not the first time that this has happened with him. And I had read an article that said that the WWE brass or whoever that may be, uh, the powers that be were, were very disappointed to say the least in what's going on with Jimmy. Um, at the end of the day, I, here's the one thing I will say about WWE. On their dime, they will send you wherever you need to go. They will flip the bill to get you healthy. And I give them a thousand percent credit for being a company who will do that. They have sent so many people to rehab and to to get help and get their life straight. If you saw the Yokozuna documentary, um, what they tried to do for him to save him from himself, um, that's not BS in my opinion. I think they legitimately did not want to see him die. And he just... He ate himself to death, and whether that's a genet a, a gene that he was predisposed to or whatever, but you have to want to get better for your kids. Um, you know, I, I'm not a father. The writ and obviously Liam are fathers, and you guys look at life co- way different than I do. And I'm sure I probably one day will. My eyes will be opened to, oh my God, there's so much more. But um, yeah, the butt's right, and and. I mean, Liam, let me let me get your thoughts on what, what's your take with when you heard all of this news about Jimmy Uso? Uh, I'd like to say I'm surprised, but, you know, I'm not. I, I thought he had more arrests for DUI than this. I thought it was like five or something, but maybe I'm just reading it wrong. Um, is he the one that's in uh, in the main story with Roman right now or is it Jay? Because like, I, I don't know which one's which. I, I don't like anyone can jump told. in here. Truth be told. I don't yeah. know. Okay. Anyways, um, yeah. So it, I, I kind of come at it from a, like I, I agree with what it, what Butt said, but I come at it with a bit more. I'm a bit more harsh about it. Um, you, you shouldn't be. If it's something avoidable, you shouldn't be doing it. Like end of end of story. And if he's going to his car and he knows he's drunk. Obviously there's a big problem there. He's obviously an alcoholic because you wouldn't be doing this and feeling like you could drive your car drunk. If you didn't have a problem, he needs treatment immediately. And, uh, the fact that he got out on $500 bond, like that's, that's insane. Like, you know, you should have been spending some time in prison just to think it over. Cause what, what's going to be the next time? Like if he does it again, uh, you know, he could hit somebody and, you know, or injure himself or injure his wife, injure his brother. It's, it's ridiculous. And I don't, I don't have any tolerance for that. If you drive drunk, you're an idiot. I'm sorry. Like that's just all there is to it. 
No, I don't disagree with you. Um, to kind of follow this up to what you guys were saying before, there is a little bit more to the story than it is. This is the second time uh, Fatu has been arrested for a suspected DUI in the last two years. Fatu was arrested in 2019, though a jury found him not guilty. However, Fatu was also arrested in 2011 for a DUI. Um, WWE has not confirmed Fatu's reported arrest yet. Um, Fatu did not appear on WWE shows for a few months following his arrest in 2019. I think there's no doubt they're going to take him off of TV now, obviously to let this whole thing cool over um, because it's just not good. Here's a little bit more to the arrest as far as on the side of the road was concerned. It says, Uso, whose real name is Jonathan Fatu, was pulled over in Pensacola, Florida after reportedly blowing uh, blowing through a red light um, as he was speeding. Officers say they smelled alcohol in his breath and asked him to get out of the car. He was reportedly swaying as officers, uh, as he told officers, he consumed multiple beers before getting behind the wheel. So he admitted. Um Fatu reportedly failed the field sobriety test and was arrested on a misdemeanor, as we said before. Uh, DUI, he blew a .202 and a .205. Keep in mind, the legal limit in the state of Florida is .08. So, If you're yep. blowing a .2, you're bamboozled. No, you're in one at that point. Yeah. So I think this is the third. He also caught one in Detroit, I want to say, in 2018. And on the whole note of all this, the, you know, I feel rotten. Philip, Philip is my legal first name. My right. mom's mother was Philip. He died drinking and driving in Dallas, Texas in 1985. I'm named after a man who died drinking and driving. I've done it once. I will admit to that. And I've done a shot and sat at a bar for several hours and then got behind the wheel later. But there's only been one time in my entire adult drinking life where I, I should not have been behind the wheel. And I was. Your general rule of thumb, I call someone, someone else doesn't drink, etc. I don't tempt that. That's fucking fate. I'm named after a man who died that way. Fuck no. Fuck no. And, you know, he could have pulled an Owen Hart. Owen Hart used to have fans pick him up from the fucking airport and shit. You couldn't fucking message someone and go, hey, who wants to pick me up from a bar? Someone would have fucking done it. You know? Yeah. And Mike Cook said it. When you got money, you can get out of fucking anything. And that's sadly fucking true. But when you have three DUIs within four years in two states, man, you know, yeah, you fucking get a goddamn Uber. Anything. Fuck. Yeah. You know, it's not I, like you don't have the fucking money, you know. Yep. This Rit, is, it's unexcusable. <laughs> well said. Rit, what's, what's your take on all this? I mean... I know we've kind of all shared our sentiments. I think collectively we all agree it is a very poor decision um, because it's not just a decision that affects you, but it also now incorporates people who wanted nothing to do with it. And now you're potentially affecting their life um, for forever. So what's your take on the whole thing? First off, uh, my, my mom and you know, when she was alive and my sister, she still lives down uh, right outside of Pensacola and that is like Samoan country down there. All his family's down there, you know, in Pensacola. You can't tell me that not one of his family members, you know, could have came over and pick him up. You know, that is just unexcusable. WWE took him off TV once already uh, for a DUI. Hey, if they don't do anything, nothing less than release him, until he goes and uh, and gets you know, this problem taken care of, 
you know, it, it will be atrocious. Yeah. You know, he, he, he has to have a, a problem, but the thing of it is, you know, you openly admit to the cop that you had beers. So, okay. Now you, you have to admit that you have the problem and go and get the treatment because if not next, next time it, it couldn't be just blowing through a red, a red light, you know, 20 miles over the speed limit. It could be blowing through the red light and hitting another car head on and taking someone's life. You know, you got to start thinking about other people and stop being selfish with your life. Well said. Well said. I'm sure we're going to hear more about this as the days and weeks follow about what the fallout is for this. Um, but I mean, I think for, for WWE as a whole, it's just not good for a PR standpoint, especially when they're supposed to be this company that's that's now i guess pg to some degree they're trying to curb their image to some degree i i don't know um i don't know uh my cook throws in here exactly plus pensacola is samoan gang territory um same with san fran so i mean a lot of people know a lot of things about it this is what i love about having conversations about topics there are people who know all uh, different things that i have no clue about and you know, they've often talked about you can take somebody out of a certain area, but you can't take that area out of a person. And I think it's a complete it's it's the truest statement there is. Um, they're just indoctrinated with what they grew up knowing. So anywho, with that being said, we are going to go ahead and move on to topic number two. Rick, did you say did you <laughs> did you text me and tell me you already loaded up all this stuff? Yeah, it, it's, it's up higher, buddy. Oh, oh! I'm sorry. Gosh, it, it, it's okay. Just my hard work and determination means nothing to you. No, you know what? You're a good person, and I'm sorry. Let me go ahead and let me. I'm going to use your banners now. Fuck mine. Um. Oh shoot. What am I doing? What am I doing? I'm not even. I'm not even doing. You know what? Here we go. Here we go. Here Yay. we go. Oh. Nah. I was running a. I was running a ticker. Why? Why does anyone give me any type of control? Should be should be parental locks on this. Uh, next one is. This is gonna be kind of fun. Can you, can you make the call? You have to cut three AEW wrestlers. So the reason why this question kind of came about was because WWE most recently has had many purges, and we have yet to have any AEW purges yet. But. If AEW were to purge people, let's go ahead. You can be ruthless if you want to be. We're going to throw it to the ass man himself. If you were to get rid of three people right now, but who would they be? Angelico, Jack Evans, and I wasn't sure about my third, either Max Caster or Michael Naka, him. Nakazawa, him. Hold on. Let, let's talk about this here. Okay, let's 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 talk about your first one. So your first one was was who? We said Jack Evans? Angel Angelico. And Angelico. Him too, yeah. Okay. They are both uh African. Um they are both uh high flyers. They are I'm wait, trying. Jack Evans? Yes. African? And Helico is. Is Jack Evans as well? <clears throat> He's from the States. He's white as you are. That doesn't mean anything. Phil Mickelson is Caucasian, and he's from South Africa. I, I think Angelico's South African, and Jack Evans is actually American. Okay. If I'm not mistaken. Okay. Well, you yeah. know what? Then I can go to the field and sit on it. Um, you got served. I did. Yeah. I really did. So Angelico is 
is South African, but uh, Jack Evans is is <laughs> is from like Philadelphia. I don't have no idea. Sure. Um. So you're getting rid of those two guys. What is the name of that tag team? Hybrid. Hybrid two. Hybrid. Or another. Hybrid. Hybrid sounds two. Like, sounds like the I cars that the like Biden's trying to push. Hybrid two. Uh, so, so hybrid too. So you're getting rid of those guys. Can you, can you tell me a little bit of why you're getting rid of, uh, Jack Evans and, and Helico? They don't entertain me. I, they don't entertain you. Okay. Just doesn't do anything for me. They're just getting lost. I don't think they're worth a damn. <laughs> can yeah, you see, can, can you, can you see butt working in HR? <laughs> yeah. yeah get the fired. fuck out of here. You're, get out. Yeah. you're not doing yeah. anything for me. You're kind of a waste of space. I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. And here's where you are on the wall. So how about you just <laughs> yeah. go eat some shit? All right. That's know. fine. And your last one is, is um, Michael Nakazawa, correct? Either him or Max Caster. That is no way. Uh, okay. I'm calling bullshit on that one. Max Caster is the guy who is the rapper, right? Exactly. He's kind of like the, the, the that's new. That's why I want him to go. He's the new <laughs> version of John Cena. No, no, this guy's good. This guy's no, good. He's not. He is good. You're wrong. Yo, yo. I don't know why they start with the yo, yo. That's part. the issue. Yo, 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 fuck off. I'm tired of hearing that. <laughs> wow. No. Okay. Put down the ghetto blaster. Get your head out of your ass and wrestle. Really quickly, and bullshit. Really quickly, really quickly, Grandpa. Hold on. Uh, the ghetto blaster. Who, who, when you hear the word ghetto blaster, who do you think of? Bad news. Bad news. Bad yeah. news. Brown, who got pooped on by Andre the Giant. Interestingly enough, when Andre had the the Rhea. Um, uh. So okay, really quickly, but we're we're <laughs> diarrhea, and I'm taking it to the the butt. Um, no pun there. <laughs> So <laughs> if we are, if you are going to have to make a decision between Max Caster and Michael Nakazawa, dear God in heaven, please tell me it's Nakazawa. Yes. Most likely, yes. It Thank would you. Be Nakazawa, because he does nothing. He's, he's. Well, he's only he's there because he's Kenny's boy. He's, um, all of his skits he's in have a, an overtone to them. Um, does anybody remember the skit that I'm specifically talking no. about that happened this past summer that was in the locker room? Does anybody know? No. You do. Uh, I actually no. don't. No. With Kenny? Okay. You guys can look no. that up. That one was unique as all get out. Yeah. Uh, let's throw it to uh, let's throw it to the Rit. Rit, you have to get rid of three people. Who are they and why? Mine are not very popular decisions. Number one. This is going to be good. Matt Hardy's got to go. There is nothing that he can do for me in AEW. You know, he's not a mouthpiece anymore. He, he, he's not a great worker anymore. It's just time for him to ride off in the sunset. Number two. Well, he tried to ride off into the sunset, and he fell off a ladder. Jesus, God damn it, Freeland. Freeland. Sorry. God damn it. Number two True. for me has got to be, who the heck's that freaking little midget dude? Wow, I can't Marco even stun. Marco stun. First Marco of all, stun. you can't say that. Yeah, you, you can't, can't say that. Midgets. You can't call them midgets. You can call them like half people, but you, you know what his name is? Can't say that either. Marco is, stun. Yeah, his name is Dwarf Dongsucker. <laughs> oh my god, that's terrible. That is absolutely. Hey, I did Jim not Cornette said that. it, not me. Not me. <laughs> Jim Cornette called him what? Dwarf Dongsucker because of that <laughs> match with Effie. Where oh, he the to suck a. It's like a dildo. Yeah. The, the, the Effie situation, I can't. 
I can't agree with at all. We're gonna throw it back. We're gonna throw throw it back to the. Okay, so so oh god, I can't even tell who's talking. (laughs) Rit, Rit. All right, so Rit, you're getting rid of Matt Hardy. Matt Hardy, Marco stunt, because there's nothing he can do that's believable. Nothing. Now I, I honestly think you know negative one could whoop him. In, in, in a one-on-one street fight. They're about the same size. Exactly. Yeah. Jesus. And, well, hey, Mikey, you better hope that Mikey Stark isn't, uh, Marky, Marco Stun isn't taller than you because, oh. man, I hate to say it, if he's taller than you, then I'm a monster over you and you'd better just shut your mouth. But anyway. Wow. True. Wow. That, that went south fast. Okay. And, Take and then, my last is Sting. There, oh, uh, get rid of him. There's I've cut him, and there really isn't nothing for uh, for him to do. You can't sit there and keep him with Darby Allen forever. Uh, there's no storyline that you can actually put him in that's going to make sense. So, man, it just well with 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 that, with that mentality, you could basically tell Jake Roberts to go sit and spin, and you could that, tell. Yeah, yeah, Jake no. Roberts. Jake Roberts no. has a great mind for the business, and he, he, he so does Sting. No, Jake no. is twice the mind that Sting is, and he St- can talk. Yes, yeah, Sting. St- Sting Sting's, Sting's just there, but... just to hold Darby Allen's hand. No, I got this. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to throw it to somebody else here. You seem very aggressive right now. You know, Rick gets aggressive when he leans forward. You never notice that? By the way, uh, I noticed you got a T-shirt hanging up there. Uh, what T-shirt is that of a show? Oh, that is that is from the Cult of Beardo. Cult of Beardo. And when can you watch the Cult of Beardo? You can watch the uh, Cult of Beardo. Primetime, Thursdays, 8 p.m. Yeah, no one cares. That's why. Um, <laughs> let's hey, go ahead and hey, let's throw hey. it to... What do you mean nobody cares? <laughs> okay. Wow. What we're going to do is we're, we're going to take it right to Anton. Anton, let it go. I already right, pitched it. it to Anton. Why are you trying to tell me you're throwing it to Anton? I did it first. Hey, you. hey okay, look at you, you limp-wristed. Not no, one right. person heard you say it. All right, cute face. Enough. Holy All shit. right, let's go on. Anton, finally. Wow. We're taking up his talk time. All right, here All we good. go. So, um... I'm not a huge fan of Miro being there, if we're being real honest, but I won't cut him because I see the potential of what they could do with him. I just haven't been a fan so far. Um, not a huge fan of Luther, so Luther could go. Seen way too many flops and spots and etc. Think Matt Hardy should be transitioned to an agent and don't cut him because I agree. He, it's just all around been stale because he's just recycling that ROH character he had. He's not doing anything new and original. Same thing with fucking Sting. Um, like when Tommy Dreamer was talking about having a match with Sting and TNA, he in the middle of their lockup and shit, he's like, "Give me that old school Stinger comeback." And Sting was like, "What are you talking about?" And it wasn't until Dreamer started feeding him a couple of the series of spots that he remembered and proceeded to go with it because he point blank told Dreamer, "I don't really remember shit from WCW." So holy shit, yeah. So like he does not have the mind for it not whatsoever anymore he has it not in 20 years um it's just is what it is if you put him in the right position give him the right agent it's fine but jake roberts is 20 times the mind sting will ever be jake roberts has fucking forgotten more fucked up on drugs and drinking about the business than most people will ever fucking learn anton anton first it's first it's one time it's two times it's two times with toys and 
Next thing you know, you can't go. Yeah. 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 Then there's a dog involved. And yeah. So the black scorpion? Oh my God. Yeah. So, (laughs) but nuts. You know, he's not wrong, though. He is right about all that, but he's forgotten shit that more shit than some people will ever fucking learn. He is great for what he is there for. So, um, I'm, I could beat the shit out of Marco Stunt, and I'm 5'5. So, not super worried about that, to be real honest. Um, why do I, like I feel like you would be a great addition to Decay? You could probably be the. I would be. You, you could be. The, <laughs> you could be the. You know, all my grunge punk shit. Like I'd probably do pretty good as like a manager cult figure type shit. If we're being real honest, I think but you and Crazy Steve would get over really well with an audience. Could probably help. Fox is Decay. Decay yeah. impact. I know what he's talking about. So, mm-hmm. but uh, there used to be so, a lot of vertically challenged people. I, <laughs> No, my mother told me a long time ago. And the comments. Hold on here. (laughs) I can't take it. I love this. I love. I'm five five, and I was born premature. I weighed two pounds and twelve ounces when I was born. I was twelve inches old. I was told I would not be five feet tall. So the fact I'm five five is kind of a miracle. My mother is five four. My father is like five six, five seven or eight with his boots on. So, and the tallest person on both sides of my family is six feet tall. My mom has forever told me I knew when I slept with your daddy, I wasn't breeding giants. Wow. Well, hey, keeping it real. I respect the fucking honesty, so I'm not mad about it. So, and, but that's why I'm a mouthpiece. It's why, you know, I I use my charisma and bullshit in a different manner because I know I don't have the stature. So it's dynamite in a small package is what it is. At least I'm not the dynamite kid. I don't have that whole complex of I got to fuck everyone up because I don't like how tall I am. So. So that's, <laughs> that's interesting. Um, interesting. So. But uh, Marco, Luther, and fucking, I guess, say Matt Hardy or Stink. That's. Okay. Um I'm I'm going to go with uh I might go with some people that you might not necessarily think. Uh Serpentigo, uh, I think he's got to go. I don't think he I will also say god there's there's so many people that I think. I mean, I wouldn't I want to say Luther as well. Uh but I also want to throw Joey Janela in there. I think that guy's got to go. I mean, it's just he works as enhancement talent. It, that part's fucking fine for me. Just continue to feed him with people. That that doesn't bother me. I actually like Sunny Kiss. Like, yeah. for what? I don't. I don't know. I. I really don't know. But I mean, cheerleader. We, yeah, well, you have, I guess we, just a modern version of Goldust in so many ways. But instead but, of the but if, androgynous thing, it's just the gay thing. I don't. I don't know. But Sunny but, it, but if you have a talent, you have to be able to find a way to utilize that talent, right? You have to be able to say, I can see this person doing X, Y, or Z. Luther. They should have put Luther with uh, the the demon girl. Um, Whatever the hell her name was, Abaddon. Uh, Abaddon, yeah. And as far as Sunny Kiss, they they should have definitely utilized Sunny Kiss in a better way. They're they're just not. I don't know. I mean, and then Serpentigo just looks like he's in a child's mask from Target, and yeah. I just don't understand the concept behind that. But maybe that's just me. So they could put fucking Sunny with Nyla Rose and do like a whole rainbow connection thing because you know Sunny's a gay dude who identifies as a woman, etc. And you know Nyla's transgender. They could do that. You know, again, not trying to book shit for him, but, you know, fitting roles, etc. I could see that, but, you know, yeah. Sexton, Sexton, what do you got? Do I get to go? Okay. Um, Okay, so I've got Joey Janela, number one. 
because he's he's a pile of shit. He's <laughs> fucking god awful. I love the fact that this this panel does not hold back. It's not that I'm not really a big fan of this guy. I don't really think this guy can do anything. But he, in Liam Savage just just completely eviscerates someone's self esteem. You know no, what? He's for for as long as he's been going, he should have been at least halfway of a decent worker. He is god awful. So get him the fuck out of there. Uh, number two. <laughs> number two. Get him the fuck. Uh, Doctor Luther. He is. Oh my god. Wow. He he's like what Janella will be if he's in his fifties. Like if Janelle's in his, gets to his fifties, who knows if he will? Because he looks like a meth head. But if he does, oh my God, then then he'll he'll end up being like Luther, who is like a functional meth head, uh, but not so functional. You know what I mean? Uh, and then I'm thinking third, Kenny Omega. <laughs> well, okay. See that that's that's easy. That would be an easy one. I would do that, but um. Business no, I'm going drop. No, I'm going for Brandon Cutler because he's the shits. Yeah, that guy is fucking terrible. And then the, the fucking Dungeons and Dragons gimmick. Fuck off. That's what is he like? Why would you promote that? You know what the stereotype for that is? I live in my mom's basement and I haven't <laughs> fucked a woman yet. Like fuck off. Oh my god. I can't get him off my screen. I don't want him on there. I get him off. We need a replay of that. Actually, I, I say get him off, but he's never been gotten off, so we're, you know. <laughs> oh, 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 fuck him. Terrible. Fuck him. I can't. I can't. I'm so much for it. friendly Canadians. I was going to say. Hey, I'm you know what? It. You know what the funny thing is? Is like on, on Cult of Beardo, I was, I was given the rare opportunity to get in the green zone by Butt, because Butt came on for a few minutes, and he said I was in the green zone. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't this? believe it. And I was like, wow, I actually made it. Done yeah, so. That should be yeah. a T-shirt. It should be. Hold on. There should be a, a, a T-shirt that has the logo of Dungeons and Dragons on the front, and on the oh. back it says, "I live in my mom's basement, and I haven't fucked anybody." He hasn't fucked a woman. Hasn't fucked a man. Hasn't I fucked can't. anything. I can't. He's fucked his teddy bear. <gasps> I can't. Like his seriously. Buddy. <laughs> his butt yeah. buddy. His butt buddy. Yeah. Uh, no, no, humping buddy. <laughs> no, no, we're not. No, no. 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 He's that guy you look at and you know he has a collection of pocket pussies. Oh wow. yeah, this is yeah. Probably has an extensive collection. <laughs> God, oh. he's got he's got flashlights. <laughs> okay, he's got the Lisa Ann special. Oh, oh terrific! <laughs> you just name dropped a specific. What is it? This big around? He's got oh, the yeah, yeah, you better believe gallon bucket. There's a room for a few. Well, yeah. And our next topic. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Wow. I have, I have no idea what to say. This has been <sighs> the Jenna Jameson okay. Deluxe. There you go. Okay. Next. All right. So there was a rumor that after Moose's contract had expired with Impact Wrestling, that WWE was in contact with him trying to determine whether or not they were going to bring him in or not. Now, one of the big issues with this was whether or not he would be going directly to NXT or they would put him on the main roster. Rumor has it that he would have been moved directly to the main roster. However, um, after consideration, 
Moose, allegedly, as rumor has been floating around, decided that he wanted to stay with Impact Wrestling and re-signed with a two-year deal. Um, Whoa. Your, your thought, you didn't seem that disappointed with the Jimmy Uso topic as you do with Moose staying with Impact Wrestling. <laughs> uh, uh, you, you look at that like it's the worst life decision ever. It's like a death sentence. Fuck. We're hey, going to start, start with him taking sex dick or whatever your name is. <laughs> Sexy cock, Hardcastle. Yeah. Man, you you stayed with Impact? Wow. Uh, <laughs> shit. I mean, um, yeah, you're on Access TV every week. That's pretty good, I guess. <laughs> Holy shit. I, I'm sorry, but man, like that guy's got so much potential, and the fact that he would stay there—holy Christ! <laughs> I, I'm <laughs> like <laughs> the you know, it's, it's like it's impact though. Like you know, you know what the you know what I heard their rating was for their last show. It it eight. went it went till yeah eight. It went to <laughs> I think it was sixty-seven thousand. Sixty-seven thousand yes. guys process that <laughs> okay like i'm sorry like they, fuck if you really look at their origins man like they they were great at one point but you know they should have killed that name off and started a brand new promotion when they have the chance because nobody will ever take it seriously and moose who actually has potential and who actually you know he has the look and everything like man you you wouldn't go to WWE? My God, what are you doing? You're making poor life choices. He's in the red zone. We're gonna throw it. We're gonna throw it to the butt. Um, wow, as we get our composure back here. But um, <laughs> what what is your take? Moose turns down allegedly, and this is rumor. Turns down WWE and decides to stay with Impact Wrestling. What's your take on that? I'm sure that there's some consideration that's gone into the way wwe books people and he decided i didn't want to be yet another one of their casualties so can you kind of see maybe why he decided to stay no (laughs) (laughs) why would you do that is he in the blue zone no he's in the dumb zone (laughs) you gotta be dumb you get a chance to go to wwe gonna make some good money gonna get some Great exposure. Even if he's not used properly, he's still going to get out there, become a bigger name, getting bigger paychecks when his contract is up, if he goes that way, or if they gas him. Stay in Impact, who cares? I haven't watched Impact in 15 years. Yep. I haven't watched Impact in that long. Jerry Lynn was only in his 50s the last time I watched it. Oh, wow. it's been a long ass time. That wow. has been. Wow. It's, who watches Impact? Nobody. Even diehard fans don't watch Impact. That's foolish. I don't know what kind of money they're offering them. Can't be huge. I wouldn't think so. It's, it's a missed opportunity. He would have been better off leaving. Let me go ahead and throw to uh the <laughs> let me throw it to the Ritzter. Wait, what's your what's your take on this? Hey, I'll Freeland, I'm gonna make this short and sweet. Impact must have threw him a hundred and fifty dollar bonus. That's all I have to say. I'd have to. Uh, we're gonna throw it to Anton now. Anton, what was your take on this? Moose go to WWE, maybe 
never be seen again and make oodles of money and potentially get cut, maybe not get cut or stay where you're at, make some money, but wrestle just in front of your neighbors. So um, I know he's got a good relationship with Tommy Dreamer and Dreamer really is a great agent coach. However you want to put it, you know, Dreamer's Dreamer, but I also wish Dreamer was in a bigger place. Um, why do I think he would be Marcus Corvon light? Like I think he would be Monty Brown light in WWE. He would just get the short end of the stick and fucking dicked around to be real honest. Um, I have not watched impact in, since 2014, 15, somewhere when they started their whole TV transition moves and shit. So that's when I proceeded to lose sight of them. Even now, you know, I keep up with it on the fringe. Not really much of fucking anything. If we're being real honest, um, that's, Spike TV offered to rebrand the name with Impact. They offered to pay for all of the rebranding, and they didn't want to let go of the TNA name for fucking ever. So that's kind of their own doing and own fault. Um, (laughs) It is what it is. At one point in time, they were drawing a million-plus viewers on Spike TV. They were definitely the alternative and something cool to fucking watch. I remember watching the shit out of it early middle school when they first got there, specifically when Angle came in. All the way through the fucking Hulk Hogan Bischoff nonsense, aces and eights and etc. Um, had some good times. It had some bad. You know, it's it's a dying brand. The fact that they are a wrestling company that's been around almost twenty years as of next year or is twenty years as of next year is fucking mind boggling. Even if it's not owned by the same people and etc. The fact that they and Ring of Honor have survived this long is a fucking miracle. Especially because neither one of them are the same as when they started. They are not that alternative that they once were. They are a very light, fucked up version to WWE. So it's fucking sad and fucked up. But why? You know, you could probably make more money doing Japan in the fucking indie scene than staying there. I don't know. Are they still backed by Mark Cuban? Does he still own access? If so, they might have a budget. Maybe. Uh, Maybe. Let me... Um... Yeah, if you can, I, I just know at one point in time he owned Access and he was the one who put New Japan on Access and paid Jim Ross to do commentary, etc. That was all Mark Cuban, the dude who owned the Dallas Mavericks. And I'm not a sports person. I just know this because I'm a media nerd, I guess. But so if he still owns them, there, there's some money involved. Fuck it. But if he's not, what what the fuck? Why the fuck are you still there? Tra- Travis Boheb's comments is just... I record Impact every week just so I can delete it without watching it. Wow. Uh, Mike Cook says, I watch Impact, you ass. Okay. Um, Lester, one fan. Yeah. yeah. Saying, Mike there Cook you go. watches fucking everything. Yes. The fuck, Mike? Thought yeah. better of you. Well, he probably has at least and one thing as well. Um, so listen to this. Impact Wrestling only drew 69,000 viewers on Access TV this past Thursday, according to Brandon Thurston of WrestleNomics. The show featured Kenny Omega, the Good Brothers, defeating Sammy Callahan, Moose, and Chris Sabin in the main event. The audience was the lowest in history of the show. The only other time the show averaged under 100,000 viewers was on September the 8th of 2020 when it went head-to-head with NXT and drew 78,000. Now, if you're a metrics and a numbers guy, in the demo of 18 to 49, Impact scored a 0.02 which WrestleNomics noted is the third lowest in the history of the show on Access. It is the lowest rating in that demo so far this year. Now, the ratings were down 33.3% from the 0.03 it scored the week before. Um, And just to give you some ideas here, so about how they've been doing so far. um, 
year to date, the show has drawn 54.3% in total viewers. So it gives you the demographics of all of the episodes that they've had so far. And like 69,000, 111,000, uh, 120,000, 132,000, is high. 168,000 is at the top. 186,000 in January. Yeah, 186,000 is the Jesus criminy. Are we at an airport? 186,000 is the highest that it has been. Um, so in the last year plus, 186,000. I looked it up. Cuban still has a minority stake in the company, but it's owned by fucking Anthem, which means the company that owns Impact owns the cable network that they are on. And it's available in 50 million homes. So for it to be available in 50 million homes and they're only drawing 600, you know, 70,000. What? That's you know what, what you know than, what I can say? You know what I can say to sum it up? What I can say to sum it up is Kenny Omega is such a draw. You're going to get booted. You are going to get booted. Man, you, you son what, of a, what a guy. What well, a guy. Speaking of Kenny Omega. Oh, God. I didn't mean to. Kenny Omega has been working through an athletic hernia recently, and he got some stem cell treatment. So the the greatest champion that we know in modern era, who oh, is fuck. the champion on different continents, and he's traveled all over the world. He's the AAA champion. He's the Impact World champion, the TNA champion, which I'm not really sure how that distinction is separate, but okay. Um, he is the AEW champion. Jim Ross has stated he has won the WWE championship and he's recently competed on WWE dynamite as well. Yes. That's going to be a topic as well. We'll talk about later with that being said, working through injuries is nothing new to professional wrestlers. However, do you give credit to Kenny for working through this type of injury? We're going to throw it to the ass man first. Sure. I don't know, man. He's hurt. He's wrestling through it. He's a fellow That's... Canadian. Show some fucking compassion. Come on. Yay. I'm glad he's working through his injury. <laughs> is this better, Freeland? <laughs> Who cares? You're injured. Good God it Almighty. is why it is. It's been going on for 80 fucking years. Hockey players play with a broken leg. He's got a hernia. Good for you. Dope him up. Send him to the ring. Carry on. Dope him up and send him to the ring. <laughs> to the ring. We're gonna throw it to Sexton. Uh, what's your take on this one? I know this is you've been waiting for this, so just go ahead, put the ball on the tee, and just smack it with the driver. I, I've actually been thinking about it the least out of all the topics because that's how much Kenny Omega means to me. Uh, yeah, he's he's um, you know, he's he's working. He's 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 only wrestling like once a week, so like I, I you know. Like, yeah, I mean, if you're working injured, okay, that's great. But, you know, he's – and plus, he's he's not from he's not from Ontario where me and uh, Bud are from. He's from uh, Winnipeg. And you Manitoba. know what I always say? Yeah, and you know what I always say? Winnipeg, lose a peg. <laughs> oh, my God. I don't even live in that country, and I – that sounds funny. That um, country. That country. Yeah. Huh. The, the one above you. Are you taking? Are you taking? Uh, you taking that oh, personal? Pissed. That was he's kind pissed. of hurtful. I didn't mean to, but I'm just saying you're in a different country than I am. You don't need to be jealous. 
Let's go ahead and let's throw it over to the anarchist. Uh, what's your take on this <laughs> whole thing here? He's uh, He's got a hernia. Hernias are bad. They're tough injuries to come back from. Um, hernias are when you're, uh, from what I understand, it's when your intestines like pop through the lining of your muscles and it creates a bulge. Yeah. So that is a type of hernia. That would be pretty difficult. So let's not scoff at this. This isn't just some minor thing here. What's your take? Well, Taker's done it. And Taker did it while working a tougher schedule, you know, doing double shots and et cetera. He also wrestled with a broken orbital bone and, you know, wrapped up. I'm going to give you one chance to say something nice about Kenny Omega or you're getting muted. Um, I applaud him for actually working through an injury, even if it is only one day a week. (laughs) So he's an anime supervillain. Like, that's how I look at this whole gimmick. That's like, if they worked on the character more, I get how it could work. Like me and my buddy in California talk about it often because he loves Kenny as well. He's like, it's just an anime supervillain fucking amp to fucking 11. I'm like, yes and no. Like they could do it fucking better. Like I get what they're trying to do. It's not working as well as they would like it to. You know, but fuck, you know, it's nothing new. It's the name of the fucking business. This isn't ballet. You know, it's not fucking ballet. This is true. Let's but go ahead and let's, let's throw it over. Himself. Christopher Reeves, like a motherfucker. Yeah, wow. look how well that worked out. Oh, <laughs> wow. God damn. I, I did not see that coming, <laughs> and neither did he. Um, oh, wow. Uh you know what? You can't pass up on a good Christopher Reeves comment. Um, I had some Helen Kellers last week, so let's go ahead and let's let's throw it, let's throw it to uh, the Rit. Rit, uh, is that Beardo's shirt, by the way, in the in the corner there? No, no, no. This is a two X. That's a two. What, what's Beardo's? Anyways, <laughs> but uh, no, uh, Kenny Omega. You know he is leading storyline and multiple promotions so no matter what the injury is a lot of companies a lot of promotions you know need him to be at his top game so you know working through the hernia man kudos to him you know that he could easily say hey i need time off and let a lot of promotions down and he's not that type of guy he, he wants to go through work through the injury uh, you know, and, you know, push through, you know, he has how many titles Freeland? Uh, well, he's the triple A champion, which is one. He's the TNA champion, which is two. He's the impact Dead champion, title. which is three. <laughs> he's the AEW champion, which is four. According to Jim Ross, he's the WWE champion, which is five. Um, I, I don't know. Is he the BET champion right now? I didn't see the most recent episode. BET? Yeah. Black <laughs> entertainment television. No, not that BET, I don't think. It's being the elite. BTE? Yeah. BTE, sorry, go. sorry. I'm You're... dyslexic. Jesus, fuck. I used to be dyslexic, but I'm KO now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. We've just made fun of a handicapped man, and now we've made fun of someone who has a learning disability. Holy this shit. is fantastic, kids. Um, what else you got there, Rit? Anything else? But No, it... I give him kudos, you know. A I do lot too. Of, a, a lot of promotions are are, are counting on him, and he, he's he's still no matter you know what promotion he's at, what match he's in, he's giving them you know everything he has. So interestingly enough, Michael Nakazawa was doing the same for Kenny. Ugh, loved him a long him, time. 
He is going to, yes, very much so. I was, was going to ask, is he the modern Jimmy Hart? Is he the weed carrier? Oh, Michael Nakazawa. Michael I don't I, see. I don't know enough about Michael Nakazawa. Good. Every time I hear his name, I think he's a different wrestler that I've seen from the indie scene, backyard wrestling, and ICP's company, the Clowns, JCW, and that's a dude that they called the Japanese Juggalo Sensation Nawazawa, who I've seen wrestle fucking all over the country, mostly AAA and fucking DDT and just all over fucking Japan, and. So every time I hear dude's name, that's who I think of. Like, he's so insignificant, I think of a totally different fucking dude. Yeah. <laughs> we go from insignificant to even more insignificant. Yeah, wow. to a dude that most people have never fucking heard of. Like, that's how little fucking Nawazawa adds to fucking Kenny's shit. I think anytime you say something with a cigarette basically hanging out of your lips, it sounds even more intense than what it is. I mean, because it is. It so. is. Yeah. Hey, who's so, that? Who's that big? Uh, who's that big fat uh, wrestler? He's from Japan. He always does the the light tube matches. Uh, he Abdullah does a lot of Kobayashi. Is that what his name is? Yeah, he's a fucking loser. Hey, well, <laughs> glad we got to the heart of the matter he's, quickly on that. He's one. not. He's not Nick Gage territory, but you know, he's he's getting close. He's not Nick Gage territory. Wow, yeah. I, you really close, hate Nick though. Gage, don't you? He's a fucking loser. Oh my god. You know what? Canada should really change your name. It shouldn't be the most happy country anymore. It should just be the the country of pissed off people. The country we speak of our mind. mind. I'm actually yeah. in a half decent mood. Hey, uh, the main the main thing to the main thing to realize here is Harpo Finger Fingerfuck is a great ratings drawer. What? Harpo Fingerfuck. Kenny Omega. <laughs> we are going to move on to a new i can't even believe that even wow thank you so much let's is it time for jr to retire uh there's been many people that have been calling for him to maybe step down he he recently admitted that he made a mistake calling it wwe dynamite he's also made uh mistakes with calling wrestlers the wrong names he's also recently said that kenny omega was a wwe champion now there's a lot of slips that we often make when we say different things, which obviously we shouldn't be too critical of people. Do you feel like his legacy should prevent him from being subjected to this kind of criticism? Or do you think doesn't matter who you are? If you don't do it right, you don't do it right. Let's start to the ass man first. JR does need to pack it in. I mean, he's been around. Is it just forever. me or do I find that funny that the ass man just said he needs to pack it in? I it's said fudge pack it in. Okay, so you, you, you think he needs to step in? needs to retire. He's He's been there. He's done that. He's done everything. He's arguably the greatest announcer ever. Yeah. He is slipping a little bit. Once again, he's getting up there in years. He's a step too slow now, unfortunately. I love watching JR, but it's, his day is come and gone. It's time to get somebody else in. Um, I mean, Excalibur does a great job. I like Tony Schiavone. Jared needs to just ride off into the sunset. Let's go ahead and let's let's throw it over to the butt. <laughs> Are you okay? There? Are you okay there, buddy? <laughs> the you yeah, yeah, just, just having a moment? Fixing the old Hatsky. Yeah. Are you getting tired, buddy? Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, that's that's the way hey. the answers everything. Hey, what's up? <laughs> All right, so, hey everybody, 
<laughs> um, what, what's your take on Jim Ross? Does, does, he, does he step down or does he keep going? Hey, well, in my opinion, <laughs> Jr. There's, there's nothing else for him to do. And if you if you knowingly and admittedly mess up not once, not twice, but you know repeatedly, well, that's only going to ruin your product. You know, look, look how many times you ruin stuff, Freeland. Oh, that's a good point. Whoa! Wow. Interestingly, I I picture this: Sicily, nineteen sixty-two. Last week, Sean Waltman. Or two weeks ago, Sean Waltman, <laughs> sure. five minutes late to your own show. Anyways, Thanks. back to you, Freeland. Thank you. Think things happen. Uh, let's go ahead and let's throw it over to Anton. Uh, are we being too critical here? Are we? Are we being the armchair quarterback now? Are we trying to be? You know, oh, you did this, you did that. I mean, my mom called me the wrong name for the first couple of years, but you know what? I got over that. What's your take on this? What he's seventy-two. He's been in the business since like seventy-five, so you know, seven seventy-three, maybe somewhere in that area. He's been in the business a long motherfucking time. He is the voice of my childhood for sure. When I think about wrestling commentators, and you know, need a good, happy place like just something to fall asleep to to put me in a good mood. Throw on some old nineties fucking WWF. You know, it's that simple. Um, he signed a three-year deal to begin with, so we're coming up on the end of that for sure. He may do a one- or two-year extension, but he said that on his show, that after this main deal was done, anything after that would strictly be like a one-year deal. And he's pretty much there just to get Excalibur ready to take over. That's how I've looked at this for a good while, which, you know, with a three-man booth and Excal bouncing in between him and Tony Schiavone, it's a little weird, but... That's essentially what JR is there to do is to help him get better at his job to take over said and done. That's, you know, just is what it is. And it happens. There are Freudian slips, you know, but fuck, it's also, you know, 70 some odd years old, two hour show, no telling what else he had to do in that fucking day. I'm not making excuses. I'm just, you know, trying to understand from his point of view. Just let him ride it out. It'll be over fucking soon. And just is what it is. Well, interesting take on that. Interesting take on that. I'm just trying um, to give the man the benefit of the doubt. Like, fuck. Yeah. And I'm he's not, called the majority of the moments that I love. So, and I'm not trying to jump on and say that JR's the drizzling shits or nothing like that because he's not. But he has lost a step. I'm not trying to jump on him or beat up on him or be disrespectful. But he has lost a step, unfortunately. And I don't want to see him be like so many other talents, whether it be in wrestling or boxing or any other sport or actresses and actors that stay around for too long and you feel bad for them at the end. It's it's embarrassing almost because they're nothing like they were. I don't want to remember JR like that. He deserves better. I agree. I definitely agree. No, I don't I don't disagree with you at all. Um with that being said I have to do something really quickly, so I'm going to step away here. Uh, Ritster, you are officially you're, you're officially <laughs> taking over for a second. I'll be right back. Do you have to come back? But anyways, so uh, who do we leave off with? Sexton Hardcastle. Uh, yeah, go to Liam. Yeah. Give it to us, man. Give it to us. 
I'm I'm a big fan of Jr. Let me put it that way. Like him, Joey Styles, and Vince McMahon—they're like my top three announcers of all time. I know people will be like Vince McMahon, and I'm like, you know, just the way it is. Uh, he has done this multiple times now, where he's made mistakes, and I mean. I'm not. I don't really watch current products, so it doesn't phase me whether he's there or not. Uh, but it's kind of like Bud said. It's like as far as his legacy goes, uh, you know, you don't want to see someone kind of get to that point where they're losing a step, but losing it on air every week, where they're just like degrading themselves constantly. Um, but on the upside. I just know that, you know, he's going to probably go on his podcast and start flipping out about people saying, oh, I said WWE, yeah, fuck y'all, and all that, because he's, you should hear him on his podcast, it's great, he gets really pissed off sometimes, and uh, really upset, and it's a really big highlight for me, but, you know what, the guy, he's still got most of his faculties there, he still makes really good points, and, uh, you know, them having him having him there is better than not having him there. That's the main thing. I think if you still have him there present, he makes some good points. Tony Schiavone's kind of there for the ha ha Excalibur is there to blow his load all the time. Cause that's all he does. Don't be suicide. You know, I don't really <laughs> hear that all the time. So like, you know, so, you know, at least you got JR there and he's not talking about blowing his load on a Tope suicida. So that's good. Oh. Man, here you go. Okay, <laughs> so so Freeland, what is your uh, what no, is your come opinion? On. <laughs> come on, come on, goddamn it, uh, Freeland. Mike Freeland, goddamn it. So, so pay <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh. come on, Freeland. <laughs> Well, moon okay, I'm done. So uh, we were talking about XPW not long ago. I've seen some early Excalibur matches. He's like Orange Cassidy skinny, and it's fucking weird. Like, weird. Muted. Freeland, you muted yourself. Jim Ross was was super skinny. Like <laughs> no, no uh, Excalibur. Sure. <laughs> wow. I don't think Jim Ross has ever been skinny a day in his life. <laughs> oh, hey, I don't, wow! I used to be fat. I used to be fat, fat after I did this. Hey, I still yeah, am. Fat shamer. You fucking fat shamer. All right, let's let's do this. Um, before we 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 are done, because I I promise we will wrap this up at a certain point pretty quickly. Um, I want to ask you guys a question. You know, a big thing now is, is for people to get personalized videos. Um from cameo and wrestlers are on there along with actors and athletes and all this other kind of stuff. So I was wondering, I'm going to throw out a wrestler's name and I want you to tell me what you would pay for a cameo video from this person. Okay. Oh, no. And then after you tell me, I'm going to tell you what exactly the true price of what they are charging. Are you all ready to play name that price? Let's yeah. Can't wait. Can't Price wait. Is right. Yes. Price dun, is wrong, dun, 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 dun. Look at Rit. Oh my God. He. Oh. I, 
Are you okay? <laughs> are you okay, buddy? Uh, hey, let's just keep the hey, ball rolling. Hey. Keep this ball rolling. Hey. 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 All right, here we go. Let me... Um... All right, here we go. Sorry. Good to see First person we're going to go... First person we're going to go here is Hernandez from Impact Wrestling. So, Hernandez, <laughs> what would you do for Hernandez? How much would you pay for Hernandez? We're going to go to Butt first. 30 bucks. Butt says $30. What does Anton say? 50 bucks. $50. And what, what does Sexton Hardcastle say? Five bucks. Five dollars. Well, you know what? The true price? Twenty bucks. Twenty-nine dollars. Twenty-nine dollars. The butt scores the first victory. All right. You ready for the next one? Let's go to hmm. Let's see. Go to my favorite Freeland. You know what it is. Ty Jack. Ty Conti? No. Anna J? Virgil. Oh, oh okay. No, no meat okay. sauce, motherfucker. Here we go. Oh, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get Virgil on here. Okay. God. Meat sauce I'm, for days. I'm getting Virgil on here. So here's what we're gonna do. Before we go before we go into this, I am going to explain to you, or I'm gonna play the audio clip that oh, where you guys God. can hear what Virgil has to say. Okay. Fuck yes. Jesus. This is wrestling superstar Virgil. Check this out. Let me make a video for you. Mention nothing but meat sauce dripping all over me, and the fuck might run right out of your butthole. Check it out. This is wrestling superstar Virgil. Check this out. Let me make a video for you. Mention nothing but. Meat sauce dripping all over me, and the fuck money run right out of your butthole. So check it out. Okay, okay. There's so Holy many things. Holy shit! There's so many <laughs> right here. Meat. <laughs> the meat sauce. I don't sauce. want meat sauce dripping out my butthole. No, the, the meat dog. sauce. <laughs> Where the the meat sauce <laughs> and, and and the fuck money just pouring oh. out of your asshole. Uh, we're gonna first throw it to this guy. Oh, God. Hey, how much? Hey, how much you gonna? Pay, how much you paying for? Uh, how much you paying for the meat topper? How are you paying here? He, he's paying me ten bucks. He's paying you ten. <laughs> uh, let's let's go oh. to let's go to Ass Man, who might be the aforementioned expert on this topic. What oh. is the uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> what is the what price are you saying that Virgil is, or you would pay Virgil for this? Would I pay him? I wouldn't pay him a copper. Hold on. Hold on. Virgil has something to say to uh, but Superstar Virgil, check this out. Let me make a video for you. You. Mention number meat sauce dripping all over me and the fuck money run right out of your butthole. Yeah. Okay. So. Meat sauce, right and your butthole. Fuck, fuck money coming right out of your butthole. So, how much you paying for this? He probably charges seventy five dollars. Seventy five dollars for meat sauce and fuck money out of your butthole. Let's throw it to Anton. Anton, right now, 
You go ahead and you cash your paycheck from work. You have some money. You think, hey, why not? I'm going to get a video from Virgil. And how much are you willing to pay? He's paying me $100. He's paying you $100. Well, I'm uh, not accepting that shit because, I, for starters, I'm good on the meat sauce. And I don't know what the fuck money is, but not. <laughs> I can't blame you. Oh, God. Okay. No. So first of all, first of all, the the writ says that Virgil would have to pay him. You said Virgil would have to pay you. But what did you say you would fifty dollars? I I guess he charges seventy five. Okay, you said seventy five. So let's let's go ahead and let's throw it down to to Sexton Hardcastle. Uh, What is what? How much we talking here for the meat sauce? Uh, I'm guessing a hundred bucks, probably. You think a hundred dollars? Yeah, it's Virgil. You know how, how he is. Mm-hmm. I, I definitely know how he is. Uh, I'm Travis sure you Bo- do. Travis Bohab says in the chat, I'd be worried about getting a virus from Virgil's <laughs> video. Wow. Yeah. Uh, ECW fan says he thinks about 100 Yeah. Mitch, Mitchie Blaze says $50. Uh, Mike Ward Order said, what the fuck? Uh, Coke, what the fuck? Coke one hell of a drug. Um, it certainly is. Yes, it is. So anyway, long story short. Uh, Mike nine. Boog says sixty. Boog, you cheating, cheating son of a bitch! It's sixty nine dollars, sixty nine. Really? To have a good time, sixty nine, sixty nine. Okay, let's do another one here. Uh, Somebody you might not think of. Let's see here. I know Alexa Bliss had a dude ask her out, and she told him no. Oh, he paid like six hundred bucks for it. Yeah, it was That's, brutal. And I've seen people pay other musicians, like independent musicians, pay musicians to plug their shit. And I'm like, well, that's you know, that's not how – no, that's not how you get a co-sign. That's lazy and cheap as fuck, and no. Hey, like, hey. I've, you, I've thought of it. Hey. You, you, you do advertise. No, for, for our podcast, that's fine. But getting a musician who probably has not listened to your shit to plug his, to his fan base your shit, Nah, especially depending on where you at on that packing order. That's, eh. yeah. Did you say packing order? Packing order. Packing. All right, here we go. This is our next video. You ready? This this is gonna be good. Here we go. Did you even say anything? Yeah, that oh, was well. good. <laughs> yeah, good. Yeah, awesome. Okay, so it's 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 this. Thanks, game. Mike. Oh, it's Sting. It's Sting. Sting. How much are you willing to spend to get a video from Sting? Well, well, since I just released him from AEW, he's probably going to need the money. I'll say three hundred. You're going to say three hundred for Stang? Uh, what do you what do you say, uh, But five hundred. You're saying five hundred for Stang. What are you going with, Anton? I'd probably agree with Bud. It's probably 500, but I'm not giving you half my fucking rent money for a fucking 30 second video. Good point. Uh, Sexton Harddick, what are you thinking? It's Hardcastle. Hardcastle. 200. 200. Let's go to the chat. Let's see how much. Um, Boog says 125. Little Psychopath is jumping in at 225. Mikey Starks is a high roller. He's saying 300. Uh, Mitchie Blaze is jumping in. He's saying 200. Um, 
You ready for the correct answer? Correct answer, if you want Stang to go ahead and make a video for you, it's going to be $500. Holy Christ. Can you... <laughs> nope. Can you believe... Yeah, I'm good. Can you believe that's how much it is? It's going to wash my car, too? Fuck. Uh, okay. Well, I tell you what. I'm going to show you a picture of somebody who looks really fucking creepy. Look at this guy. Look at him. What's what the fuck the is that? Fucking Mankind. Dollar General no, Mankind? The, the, yeah. that's, a, that's an impersonator. No, it's not. It's the real guy. Because no, he just took, he took the mask off. Oh, fuck holy shit. Mick Foley. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Mick Mick Foley. So, Mick Foley, uh, what do you think you get for the mixer? He responds 100. in two hour. <laughs> two fifty. Hundred. Hundred, two fifty. What does the ass man say? Two two hundred. Two hundred. Uh oh, Ritzer, what do you got? Give me give me a three three spot. A three bill? Got a thing. He's also doing shit like this. What's his other alter well, ego? Well, it, it all depends. He I know looks he... like a crazy old woman right there. <laughs> <laughs> because he charges two different prices. Who are you talking Does about? Does he? Yes, yeah. I, I'm, I'm pretty sure he charges one for one, but then he will do one with all three faces for another price. Yeah, I'm pretty good with just one. Uh, it's holy, though. He's not going to charge a ton. No. Yeah, good point. So what... What are people in? What are people in the uh, on the? What was that gesture? But I saw. Well, I, do. I saw a hand. Off, didn't he? I saw oh, a God. hand jiggle. I'm not really quite sure what just happened there. No, I reached for my water. Uh huh. This got stuck on my thumb. That's what they all say. Uh huh. All right. Uh, so what are we? What are we saying here? What's our consensus on this guy, Mick Foley? Three bills. You say 300, oh. ass man, what do you say? Two. Two? No. Anton? 250. 250. What do you say, Sexton? A dollar? Travis yeah, Bohem no, says, a dollar, sure. Yeah. Travis 100. says I'd give him a bag of moldy tangerines. <laughs> oh, my God. Wow. That's cold. He used Here we to go. eat leftover popcorn from the fucking concession This is three-time WWE champion, Mankind, inviting you to join me. Back his cactus. Uh, he doesn't do a cactus. He just does Damn. Mick again. So it's uh, the 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 final answer is one hundred and forty nine dollars for the mixture. It's actually pretty. So cheap. I was close. Yeah, no, dude. And, and he actually goes over the top too. Yes, he has thirty. He has thirty two hundred people who've gotten for him already. Wow. 
I'll, yeah. I'll, just, I'll just wait till my kid sees him at Knobles. Get one for yeah. free. Yeah, did you did you hear about what he's doing? He's it, uh, Ritz having his kids stalk uh, Mick Foley uh, at a grocery store. At, at a Knobles amusement report uh, park, you idiot. What is wow. it? Knobles. Th- that's his favorite amusement park. Ever. Oh, it's a, I don't. I don't know. It was an amusement park. I had no idea. I thought it was a grocery store. My bad. No. Good There's Lord, Freeland. Does anyone else know that Knobles is a amusement park? Oh exactly. yeah, it's on the, the the highway down the road. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I've heard of. Yeah, Fre- uh, what is it? Uh, you and I were talking about it, Liam, on uh, Call to Beardo. So like what, nine hundred and some mile, Liam? Oh, there we go. Okay, good. Yes, continue. <laughs> it's like it's 900 miles this way okay yeah 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 i was paying attention too yeah, yeah so let, let's go yeah. with this one this one's a more of an updated star sammy guevara what are you oh, paying fun. for sammy guevara it's probably charging three bills yeah, anton says 300 250 you say 250 but what are you saying rit two two are you in pain? Are you okay? You look constipated. He's <laughs> gonna shit himself. No, my, my, my back hurts from carrying you. I'm sure there's an. Oh! Extra, I'm sure there's an extra room we could check you in at. <laughs> wow. Um. All right. So what do what do we think here in the chat room? What are we thinking about Sammy Guevara? How much would you pay, or how much do you think he's charging on Cameo? Get him in now. Side note: what There's a place called Santa Claus, Indiana, where they have it's a whole town dedicated to fucking Santa Claus. Yes. They had a fruit cake eating contest one year. Ooh, only yeah. came there. He had apparently Ooh. been there the year before and like got disqualified. He again got disqualified this year for trying to hide fruit cake and shit. But he also did an autograph signing and signed shirts and shit. And the same night, I was playing my first bar show. I got blacklisted at twenty two weeks before my twenty first birthday, and I gave Mick Foley a flyer for my bar show. Wow, <laughs> he was nice as fuck. I've met him and Jeff Hardy, and they were both nice as fucking could be. So, Sammy Guevara, if you're looking to get a video from an AEW star, a legend, soon to be, but just looks so Whoa. unhappy when I say that. That's, that's a stretch. $70. Yeah. $70. That was close. That's a lot cheaper than I thought it'd be. Yeah, no shit, especially for someone regularly on TV. I'd pay him 10 all right, that's. I mean, we could play this for the end of time, but uh, the wife got me a Mikey Whipwreck cameo for Christmas. Did she really? She did. That's very nice. Very cool. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty good video. Maybe we should do cameo. Who the fuck? Oh, is I've, I've got an idea. <laughs> what do you think? We should do <laughs> cameo. What do you? Oh charging, no, I've, uh, I've got a, I've got a different idea. Don't you worry. Cameo <laughs> Omega Terminator shirts or free? No, 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 no. I've got I a completely different idea that nobody would suspect except for Anton because he. I, I don't know if anybody else has uh, heard it, but yeah, I got one in the back pocket there. Mm-hmm. I see. Yep. Uh, let's go ahead and let's throw it around here so everybody can plug all their stuff. Let's first go to the ass man. Ass man. Uh, Twitter, gotnoof2291. I'm on Instagram. I don't Call know to up every Thursday. Can you let me finish? Oh, my God. Can you Joshua? believe how rude he is? Joshua. Yeah. Look at that. Look at that face. Oh my <laughs> God. Face of a can of smashed assholes. 
<laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! Can't, can't hey Liam, assholes. Liam, are, are you available this Thursday again? <laughs> I don't know. I might have to just uh, let Bug get back in there because fuck, that was uh, that was quite a burn. That's great. I mean, I, I can't have smashed assholes. I, I I feel like I should. I feel like I should give you a chance for a retort here. So oh. the the floor is yours. Smashed. <laughs> or is it can, canned assholes? I'm not really quite sure. Do you go by Smash or Mr. Canned Asshole? Okay. Finish, but finish what you were saying before. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Damn. Got news oh. 2291 on Twitter. Call to Birdo Thursday night at 8 with the Rit. Renegade, maybe even Beardo will be back. Big Daddy maybe may I'm come fired. back. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I won't even be oh, there. Wait, my bad. Could be a shameless plug that I get fuck all out of. But either way, tune in. Life's good. Love it. Let's go ahead and let's throw to uh, to Anton. Anton, plug away. AntonHeidnick at gmail.com. I feel rotten at gmail.com. I feel rotten on Instagram. Anton Heidnick on Twitter. Hit me up for music and video needs. Bring it fucking to me. Give me more shit to do. And uh, let's throw it to said can. <laughs> um, hey. Hey, everybody. Hey. Hey, everybody. What's going on? Hey. I love, I love about, you to death. What about Liam? I'm going to go to Liam, but I want to go to Mr. Can first. Oh, well, I got a lot. To... Let's see here. Call to Beardo. Thursdays at 8. My, myself, Butt, Renegade. Then you got tomorrow, which you're going to have to wait till check it out on YouTube. Myself, and I might let Freeland in the conversation, is going to interview uh, the Cana- Mr. Canadian Destroyer himself, P.D. Williams. Williams. Friday, we got FSN, Future Stars Now, pre- and post-show for AAW's United We Stand. Yes. Uh, don't forget, book club's coming back. So Freeland, did you start? Did you start skimming over chapter one yet? Skimming, baby. I'm lying, you lying sack of shit. I know. Wow. But I'm not a can of buttholes. Please continue. <laughs> so, Smashed assholes. Yeah. Smashed assholes. But no, just uh, just go follow us on uh, on Twitter. Smash that button. <laughs> Like like smash Freeland smashes assholes. assholes. Like those assholes. <laughs> just like those assholes. That's right. Smash assholes. So yeah, just uh just get out there. <laughs> I don't even know what this is going on. This is crazy. We're gonna throw it to Liam. Liam, you have the ability to close the show because we obviously can't. Woo! Okay. Um holy fuck. Smash uh, that asshole. Smash that asshole. Like I always do. Okay. Um, Savage Liam on Twitter. Uh, look for Liam Savage on YouTube. Uh, 285. on Pornhub? No. <laughs> why would you say that? That's fucked up. Uh, yeah, that's, that's just highly inappropriate. Yeah. yeah why, why would you do that? Um, yeah. On YouTube. Uh, in Savage Liam... 1978, I think, on Instagram. I don't fuck. On Instagram, sure, whatever. Who gives a fuck? I'm done. 
<laughs> this is a shit show. <laughs> oh, you better believe it. Uh, okay, so... You can't shit that... out of a smashed asshole, though, sorry. <laughs> you can't. You can absolutely not do that. That is the highlight of my night, my friend. Oh, my God. Uh, anything else we need to talk about? Obviously, the Petey Williams thing, Future Stars Now. Anybody else? Yes, no, maybe so. Someone says Raid Mikey. He's apparently streaming now. Also, did anyone see the fucking intro video to Mikey stream this last week? Because that's the shit that I did. It is. It's very good. It is very good. You're the good. man. Thank you. It is very good. Uh, Rich, you want to go ahead and do the raid? Yeah, like I know how to do that. What? Oh, okay, okay. Oh, so I, I can uh, sit here and try to do it. Hey, hey, I'm over there right now watching as it is. You, you do you, Freeland. Someone in the chat, give us instructions or else we don't know what the fuck we're doing. Yeah. Hold on. How many people are in Mikey's chat right now? Quite a few. 36. What? Huh. Is he, nice. is he just playing? Is he playing video games? Yeah. Nice. All right. So what? What is? What is the deal here? Is it's it's raid what? Yes. I don't know. Who's watching TV? Uh, yeah. What's that noise? I'm watching Mikey's thing. You just do you. I'm watching Mikey. <laughs> Gotta mute it. Jesus. No, I'm. I was gonna say it's loud as hell. I can't even hear anybody else. All right, guys, that is gonna. I don't know how to do the raid unless somebody can can send me the raid Terrific. instructions. Isn't it raid forward slash? Can't smash. Sure, Google would help. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Somebody Google it really fast. Somebody Google it really fast. Freeland. Yeah. Hey, why not? I'll do it. Yeah. There you go. Well, it's your fucking show. Yeah. Let's see. How to raid a Twitch channel. Type slash raid. Hold on. So forward slash the word raid. Yes. Okay. Followed by the name of the channel you wish to follow. Yeah, I do believe there's space. Hold on. I'm going to the Twitch help. And it's Mikey Whipwreck underscore the same as his Twitter. I know that. Okay. So it's forward slash raid R A I D then a space then Mikey Whipwreck and then an underscore. Yes. All right, guys, let's go ahead and let's uh, send some people over to Mikey. So right now we're going to be raiding. Here we go. Stay in the green zone. Terrific. I'll be amazed if this actually works for once. <laughs> Did it work, Rit? Well, you got to end this stream first. Yeah, you got it. Oh, for the love of shit. All right, fine. You know what? <laughs> Thanks, guys, for tuning in. It's been fun. The world of NLW Radio never stops.